maybe. Yes. Wait, is this 17 or 18? 18. 18. Shit. Guys, we're on episode 20. We're legal to drink now. Well, no, sorry. What? 18. We're legal, legal to smoke? Yeah, no. not Well, not here. Oh, yeah. Legal to buy lottery tickets. We can have sex with us now. <laughs> we can have sex with the <laughs> podcast now. Legally. <laughs> or buy lottery tickets or yep. go to the casino. No, yep. you know what? Geeks with kids maybe- can have sex with our podcast now. <laughs> how, many, how many episodes are they at now? Like 50. <laughs> That's dirty. How much you want to bet we catch up to them at some point? <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're like hardcore releasing every week now, like multiple things. It's pretty rad. Yeah, but they have kids. There's only so long that can go on for. Mm-hmm. That's the whole shtick. Kids start coming on with it. That's... Well, it is PG, so I guess they could do that, but... Yeah. Ugh. Something is wrong with my eyes. Ah. <laughs> 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 All right, are we ready? Yes. Everybody ready? Yeah, yes. Everybody ready? I was eating my dinner. <laughs> oh, yep. shoot, I was supposed to text Mark. <laughs> All right, welcome to... Oh, I did. Back, or welcome back to Dance Robot Dance, everybody. This is our 18th episode, which means that we are now legal to do sexual we things to sex our, our own podcast. And uh, and buy lottery tickets, which is, I mean, having sex is basically a lottery, a lottery at this point. Yeah, not so, your first time though. First time is always a little, you know. Eh. What's well, the? It's like the it's the VD lottery, right? Like that's the thrill. Which one am I gonna get this time? You definitely want to get cash for life your first time. Let's just say that. <laughs> cash for life is definitely the herpes of lottery tickets. <laughs> Just littered everywhere, but only makes appearances once in a while because you only feel low enough to do it once in a while. <laughs> you have to tell no. people that you're a cash for life trier. <laughs> we could break into the uh, the Eddie Murphy, be like, AIDS is serious, or no? Is it is it AIDS or herpes? It's like, you you get that shit for life. You're like luggage. No, it's herpes. All right, I that's herpes. It, yeah, I was AIDS. No, he's like, and the AIDS is scary. Next next VD, you're just gonna stick your dick in and get explode. Were you just saying words? <laughs> <laughs> Next, you can dig a dig and go explode. And Bish be like, maybe I should get that checked out. I've never seen that. Oh, you need to watch never Delirious. Never seen the Eddie Murphy stand-up stuff? Oh, no. Delirious and Raw are both amazing. Which one was he wearing the... No, is the suit. Uh, He had like... He had like leather suits in both. I think in Delirious, it's the red one. And in Raw, it's purple. Yeah, the purple one was mentioned on Scrubs, and I loved it. Mm. Both good. So, anyways, welcome back to the show, loyal listeners, loyalish listeners. Who knows how many we still have after last week's fucking sad fest. Yeah. <laughs> the number went up a little bit, like a tick <laughs> by two. It's amazing. So we lost a lot of those Trump supporters who loved us so much. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I, I imagine that we have a lot of overlap with Trump supporters. Uh, all right, well, let's get right into our uh, nerdy news for the week. Uh, let's see. One that uh, Christy had brought up and posted was that we're going to be getting a uh, series of Why the Last Man, which is going to be on FX. Yeah! Yeah! That's a, <laughs> uh, that's a series I know very little about, but it's been recommended to me by a lot of people. So uh, I'm always down for more comic book shows. That's a Brian K. Vaughn book, isn't it? 
It is. It's probably the first one that really like hit home for him outside of like when he was working for. Well, he's kind of doing Marvel mainstream big, stuff. Yeah, the big, uh, big two. Um, I might be wrong, but like it's the first one I remember of his that kind of became like a phenomenon, and uh, it was one of my favorites. It's really good. It's uh, so good. I haven't finished it yet, but it's so good. Well, somebody give us a brief synopsis then for the one person here that hasn't read. Mark, you should do it. <coughs> or I might mm. die. Mm, yeah, dad, dad coughed yeah, If you can stop shoving noodles in your face or whatever. It's french fries, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> We're recording early, so for the first time ever, I'm the one eating on the podcast. Yeah, I'm not eating. I know you're not. It's the not first yet. time for everything. Wait till Mark gets home. Bow, chicka, bow. Bow, wow. <laughs> Um, so why the last man is about, uh, the, the one man who survives a like apocalyptic virus that <laughs> Christy's still bobbing away. Still or doing visual freezing. bits. Still loving that porn music. Still playing in her head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it's about the one guy who survives a apocalyptic virus scenario that kills <laughs> every man on the planet and then women take over and, and they go crazy for the D. Wasn't there already a movie of that? Like, that Sorry, seems like, well, since, yeah, getting into our uh, our main topic for the day, that seems like something that's been done before. Was it at least an original take? I don't remember it ever having been done before exactly that way. Um, yeah, the book was great. I thought it was, is mm-hmm. Brian K. Vaughn, it's excellent. So yeah. if you haven't read it, you should go read it. And I'm assuming if it's the show's as good as the book, you're in for an uh, excellent ride, but... That's we'll we'll see how that adaptation works out for them. Mm. Yeah, it's just like I like the way they raised the stakes in it, and it was it was really intelligent. It wasn't like all the women were like, "There's a man, we must fight for him because he is sexually appealing." Like it's it's just really intelligently written, and like um, a lot of the problems that arise are you wouldn't like go there with your brain. But I love that society has still like held its own, even though women are the only ones left like they're rel- they're not like peaceful but like in their own factions they've moved society along quite a bit which i thought was interesting hmm. yorick's not exactly the uh like alpha male protagonist no either, he's not so. at all he's a monkey but yeah. yeah no you should go read it it's fantastic read it before the series comes out because like walking dead it will probably be a million times different <laughs> Is it Except at least relatively show. short? How long is Why the Last Man? Is like I want to say sixty issues. Yeah, okay. it's it's That's had like a limited, somewhat it, manageable. Yeah, a manageable run, like something you could get into. Like it's not like diving into fables where it's like you know one hundred and fifty issues plus all this other stuff. Yeah, or you know like Walking, Walking Dead, which never is ending. Yeah. It is actually sixty issues. It's sixty issues exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they do but, like those uh, twelve issue paperbacks. Uh, oh, that's a yeah, it's a Vertigo too. book, right? So yeah, uh, Vertigo is my favorite. I love them. Yeah, we talked about that already. Yeah, we did. Different. Um, speaking of something else, that's uh, Christie's favorite. Uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them came <laughs> out so yesterday. Oh, so good. <laughs> was it? Was it I'm good, so Christy? Good. Oh my god, so good! I have my wand just in front of me. And I almost took it. I almost took it to the theater, but Mark was like, "You're gonna hurt somebody." So I, didn't. <laughs> I was pretty bummed, but he was right. I would have poked someone's eye out. Um, we were sitting next to three people who were dressed up, and they were the only people dressed up. But they were dressed up like one of them was dressed up as a Niffler, which was one of the main like creatures in the 
in the um, movie. And at the end of the movie, she gave us money, like little chocolate monies, because that's nipplers are attracted to shiny things. She was like, here, this is for you. And I was just like, you just made my life. But it was um, it was so great. And you know what? You have to go into it thinking it's a new movie. Like, you'll feel the nostalgia if you just go in with an open mind and, like, you're not expecting Harry Potter because they play Hedwig, Hedwig's theme. Sorry. Oh, Hedwig. Um, they play her theme. I seriously have no fucking idea what's going on right now. What's wrong with you two? (laughs) I've watched the movies once and I've never read the books. What? What? This is the our, this is what? the old old millennial versus young millennial gap showing here. What? Think of how think of how old we were when those books first came out, um, Christy. My Mark read those books and yeah. watched all those movies. This Mark read them too. So, uh-huh. how do you not remember <laughs> Hedwig? But to be fair, my brother and sister are more like Christy's age, so they were in the house all the time. So mm. I did have the books sitting You're around. So ready to read. And to be fair, my sister is only like two years younger than me. Is a massive Potterhead, so. At least I know what they're fucking called. I, at least I know they're called Potterheads. Just blow your like arguments to hell. Just yeah. And I think I think my sister has a Pottermore account as well. I do too. I had one of the first uh, six hundred thousand. I got like <laughs> special access. Did you get a bonus for being one of the first six hundred thousand? Guys, I had to try three different email accounts to get into Hufflepuff. It was maddening. <laughs> I was like, this is not me. What other houses did you get sorted into? Ravenclaw. Every time I'm like, I wouldn't fit in in Ravenclaw. They're studious and smart and like quiet. Yeah. I'd be like that once, like asshole Ravenclaw. How would like, you? How would you define? Like, okay, I don't know how they sort the houses because, holy shit! But <laughs> uh, <laughs> explain to me how they sort the houses. That doesn't make you'd okay. be a Slytherin, Mark. Yeah, oh, Mark well. would totally be a Slytherin. I'd be somewhere in between uh, Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw, I think. That's sort of where I sit. Like, people are doing, like, the two houses now that you, like, have a yeah, primary I'm and a, a sub house. Hufflepuff. Yeah, Hufflepuff. That's what I am, too. But, Mark... Okay, so how you're sorted in the houses is Gryffindor is for the brave and, like, the bravest and the warriors. So, like, people who will dive into a fight and they're headstrong and they're... Um, they're uh, very, like, proud and um, studious, courageous, and, yeah. courageous um, represented by the lion. Rah. And um, that's why I wouldn't be in Gryffindor. That's my lion impression. <laughs> um, and then for Ravenclaw, you're in it when you're, again, studious, but you're also very cunning and um, intelligent and... Uh, analytical, and that's... Yeah, analytical. That's you love to solve puzzles. You love to use your mind before um, your heart kind of thing like you're uh, just very logical and um often like the best students uh hufflepuff are people like me who are kind of goofy and fun and um you know they're not like the best academia but uh, wise but they do really well in like quidditch and charms and they're um, fun at parties mythology. we're fun at parties <laughs> we live in the basement where there's access to like the food they're the fatties yeah. we're the fatties <laughs> the chubbies the chub- all the chubby people are in hu- in a Hufflepuff, so we can all like look at each other and go, "We're not that chubby." No, look at you. I'm about as same size as you. <laughs> Comparatively, uh, I am. Oh, I we am just skinny. have to climb all those stairs. Uh, <laughs> and then Slytherin are 
because there's a little bit of every house in each one, which I think is kind of cool. So, like, the Ravenclaws and the Slytherins are closer mm-hmm. um, because they're both, you know, use logic and cunning. And uh, Slytherin is just a little more about, um, I'd say, like... and manipulative. They'd and... be the entrepreneurs. You know, they'd work... They work really hard to get what they want. We're trying not to use biased language, Tim, because... <laughs> Some people are Slytherins, okay? Some people self-identify as Slytherins, and we can't be prejudiced. This is not Trump's Hogwarts, so... <laughs> so, so why, tell me this, then. Why the fuck would Hermione have ended up in Gryffindor? Like, she sounds like she really would have been more Ravenclaw. Because it was her destiny to be with Harry and Ron. Like, uh, she was courageous above her... That's, that's some fucking circular logic. Beyond her intelligence, <laughs> she was she was far braver than she was smart, which wasn't like saying, you know, she wasn't intelligent, obviously, but it was the fact that she she would put friends before logic, her heart before logic. Yeah, okay, sure. Moving Eat on. My words. <laughs> so that makes me a Slytherin then? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, you might be a Slitherpuff. I was, uh, yeah. you know, I'm probably, I'm probably more like Slitherclaw. Yeah, actually. maybe Slitherclaw. I'm a Hufflepuff. <laughs> I always, I always say I should have been a supervillain, but. <laughs> Did I ever tell you guys that if I was ever to be a supervillain, my supervillain, I've thought this out, would be, um, Captain Minor Inconvenience, and I'd just go around minorly inconveniencing people. <laughs> like untying their shoes and shit? Yeah, yeah. Or being late for a podcast, so like, we're never. I wasn't late. Oh, no, Sorry. I wouldn't tell uh, you even if that was my plan because that's cancel like it, villain cancel it, cancel it at the last minute so you can go see a movie. I didn't cancel. Mark canceled. <laughs> I like, contact you guys and canceled for me. I was all like until yesterday. I was like, so I'm podcasting tonight. But anyway, Mark had to go and be a fucking good boyfriend. And God He's damn the best. it. He's the best. <laughs> he totally dealt with me being moody all night, too. I was just last like, night? Ah. Yeah. Yesterday I was in a mood. I was just like, but, ah, but you're going world. to see Harry Potter. How are you yeah, in a movie? Once we got to Harry Potter, I was totally fine and happy and energetic. But like, while we were eating dinner, I was like, eh, everything sucks. <laughs> and he was like, why are you like this? And I was like, don't ask me those questions. I'm fine. Lady problems. Not even, just moody. <laughs> but yeah, enough about my mood swings. <laughs> Uh, there is another movie that uh, has got a lot of press that uh, sort of falls into the nerdy category this week, and that was um, Arrival. But oh, I so think... good! Did you see that too? Yes. How the fuck did you see that? I saw it last Saturday. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see much in terms of uh, sci-fi movies in the theater anymore, but this one did get a lot of good uh good Oh my reviews. god. Best movie of the year. I think the last one that I saw in the theater was oh fuck the la the one of the time dilation and Matthew McConaughey Interstellar Interstellar yeah oh I was gonna say Contact no <laughs> wait are you talking about sci-fi yeah you saw Star Trek this summer didn't you that's true but I'm talking like non-franchise oh wow we're gonna get like super semantic about it <laughs> yeah no, no seriously though you should both go see it it's absolutely stunning it's What's such it arrival. arrival amy is adams so is good. in it and who else is it chris pratt in it too no not chris pratt no chris pratt pa- uh, pratt is in what passengers yes which i also want to see we're getting a lot of uh 
uh, sci-fi movies that have like flight and travel <laughs> names, mm-hmm. <laughs> arrivals, departures, passengers. Next is just going to be a remake of Tom Man- Tom Hanks' The Terminal, <laughs> <laughs> where there's like the uh, the beast from uh, Stranger Things is coming after him. Yeah, and it all takes place while he's like terminally ill. The director is French Canadian. But seriously, you should see Arrival. Everyone should see Arrival just for the performances of it. Um, Forrest Whitaker, isn't it? Mm. Um, As well as um, he's in the Avengers. Hawkeye. Oh, Jeremy Renner. Thank you. Yeah, he was. His next movie is actually the Blade Runner sequel. Oh. Oh yeah. Wait, what's the director's name? Uh, Dennis Villeneuve. Right. Yeah, I can't fucking wait for the Blade Runner sequel. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I should watch it again. Oh, it's a fucking masterpiece. Oh, no, it's a great movie. I just haven't seen it. Um, well, since we're this sort of transitions into another thing that I wasn't planning to talk about, but uh, another French-directed thing that came out this week was a trailer for... Oh, the new Luc Besson movie, Valerian. Did either of you guys watch that trailer? I haven't seen it. I saw that it was out, but I, I was clicking through Reddit really quick and I didn't watch the trailer. Yeah, so he was the director of um, The Fifth Element, so it's gotten <gasps> a lot of uh, press and it looks visually really, really good. I haven't I, I haven't even watched the trailer all the way through either because I've been still brooding over the uh, Trumpiness of America, but uh, it does look pretty pretty visually good anyways and i mean i fucking love fifth element so such a good movie um also uh getting back to tv stuff uh there was an announcement about the long sort of bandied about in humans tv show slash movie and that it is going to be shown in theaters but it is going to be a tv show that's gonna debut next september hmm um and I mean, I'm I'm honestly really fucking surprised that it survived uh, Agents of Shield because <laughs> the Agents of Shield treatment of the Inhumans. Like, I still watch Agents of Shield, but that was that was tough to get through. That was my next question. Is like, I was wondering if you were still actually watching that show. Yeah, I uh, I haven't. I've watched like the first couple episodes of this season so far, but I'm pretty behind on a lot of shows this season so far. Um, but. Uh, I mean, I, I've been liking the Ghost Rider stuff. It's not, it's not like the post um, Winter Soldier, Agents of Shield. That's when that show is definitely at its best. But it's still yeah. But Hydra, Hydra was such a good story for them to use to like tie back into the show that yeah. like I would almost have like just let the, use that for the next two years. Like I don't think I would have done anything else except for deal yeah. with the Hydra situation for the next little while with that show. The last season dove a lot deeper into sort of the Hydra mythology and stuff like that as well. Um, and it was, it was better, I think than uh, the, uh, than some of the last, the more recent stuff as well. What are they on? They're on their fourth season now. I think they're on four. Yeah, four? I, think, I think that's, I think it's four. And, I don't uh, know. I was like, I think season two, yeah, when they really started going with the inhuman stuff, I was like, I'm done. I can't, this is horrible. I don't know yeah. what's going on anymore. There, there was a part it. of last season that dove really deep into the, um, uh, into the Hydra stuff. And like, uh, Simmons got like pulled onto the world where like the creature that inspired Hydra was originated from. Um, and he took over the body of 
the guy that was originally a shield agent and then flipped to Ward. a Hydra agent. Ward, yeah. Um, that that was a good storyline, but the Inhuman stuff last season I think was pretty weak. Um, but apparently this series is going to uh, go through um, some of the some other Inhumans like Black Bolt and Medusa and I guess some of their family members or something. Is the Inhumans a family affair? Oh, I guess okay. it is a little bit on Agents of Shield, right? Because like Daisy is the son of uh, the, the daughter. Da- yeah, daughter. Sorry. Quake. Unless she's got a secret, she's hiding yeah. in those tight dresses she wears. You, you never know. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. That was my I, the only question I had was if they had actually introduced any of the like real like the comic Inhumans, like the popular Inhumans yet. And I guess they I, are getting I wouldn't to it. know. I mean, Quake Quake isn't an Inhuman though in the comics, right? Uh, I think she's a mutant. Yeah, but they so. can't do mutants in can't the do mutants, MCU, so. so. I'm surprised they were allowed to use her on the TV show. You'd think she'd be owned by Fox then, so maybe she isn't a mutant. Well, it's, maybe it's, it's probably else. like when Fox got a hold of the X-Men property, they only got like a limited stable of characters. Yeah, you I would mean, think that, but I was reading a story this week that was like um, to get um, Ego in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy... Because for some reason, Ego fell under the auspices of Fox's Fantastic Four deal. They had to, like, kind of do a little deal with Fox. And, like, Fox and Marvel had to get, get like, sit down at the table and, like, make an arrangement. So, they got mm. Ego. And uh, they got Ego back. And it allowed them to make changes to Negasonic Teenage Warhead and Deadpool. Because that character, like, that character's power set in the movie is not that character's power set in the... In the comics, comics. so like to make that kind of, which I didn't know, Marvel had that much say in stuff. Like they actually have to go to Marvel, like if they wanted to make a change to a character, like change the power set or change anything like that. Yeah, like that kind of stuff. They have to go to Marvel and like negotiate it out and get that. That's good. I think that's a good thing that they're keeping that tighter rein on their characters. I'm surprised they kept that tighter rein on them, given what the deal. Like they were, they pretty much sold those rights just to keep from getting going bankrupt in the yeah. 90s, and they sold so. it at a time when they didn't really have much in terms of bargaining power. Yeah, exactly. So now they like, could now they could definitely negotiate that sort of thing. But. I'm I'm I'd be amazed if they weren't doing everything they can to get the X Men back at this point. Yeah, I hope so. Um, yeah, so an Inhumans TV show next fall, which will have eight episodes. So we'll see how that goes. Well, if it's as good as S.H.I.E.L.D., I might get through the first eight episodes. <laughs> um, let's see. There was the Kong Skull Island trailer that came out. Did you guys see that one? Yeah, it was yeah. pretty cool. Looked pretty good. That's a, that's a big King Kong. Yeah, I'm for it. Well, that, yeah, that's that's one thing that I think that they've been teasing a lot um, with this movie is that it was going to be like a really huge uh, King Kong and somebody I was following on Twitter posted about it. They were like, oh, that, that thing's not going to be able to climb the Empire State Building. It's going to have to use it as a fucking toothpick. So. Yeah. Well, it was also right. Um, it's going to be a shared King Kong Godzilla universe. So they needed mm-hmm. to make him of a similar size to Godzilla so that they can actually. That new Godzilla was much larger in scale than they. I still haven't seen that one. Is. You haven't seen that? No. It's pretty good, actually. Yeah. Not a lot of Godzilla. It really focuses on. Uh, Cool the story, characters, Grandpa. yeah, I don't know, I can't remember her. <laughs> well, I know it's it's Elizabeth Olsen, and I can't remember who plays her husband in it, but it mostly focuses on the family, like going through this stuff. 
So it's more, think, more like a Cloverfield kind of take on Godzilla? Kind of, yeah. So the Godzilla's not in it a lot, but it is really, like, the Godzilla scenes are awesome. And I think there's something weird about, like, the husband's, like, Quicksilver, or one of the Quicksilvers, so it's technically Scarlet Witch banging a Quicksilver. Is it Evan, Evan Peters? I think from, so. Uh, from American Horror Story? Yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think that's who it was. Nice. So, yeah, I've, it's been on my list of stuff to watch, but a lot of things are. It was on Netflix, so I think I caught it there. I might have actually seen it in theaters. That was last summer, so. Um, there was also a full trailer for the uh, live-action Beauty and the Beast. I'm still not sure how I feel about that one. I have yeah. no opinion about it whatsoever. <laughs> I'm actually very excited about it. I, it made me feel better about the character design um, overall, but I hate Ewan McGregor. For Lumiere. Oh, I, I didn't even know he was playing Lumiere. Honestly, I've paid very little attention to these live-action Disney movies. Isn't he French? Ewan McGregor? Like, no, no McGregor's, Lumiere. Lumiere's French, yeah. yeah. Lumiere's French, and they had Ewan McGregor, and his voice is really high, and it doesn't match it, and it makes me angry because the original Lumiere was all throaty and, like, sensual, almost, for, like, a Disney character. I just, ugh, I was disappointed. Yeah, I I don't have real strong feelings about this. I mean, I don't. I mean, I understand why they're remaking this stuff because they're trying to kind of pull in a new generation. But I'm already I've already got those Disney classics under my belt. I don't need these new versions. Oh, see, I'm I'm excited to see it just because like of the music and the you got to look at it how it's it's not the same movie. Yeah. I will say I I have really wanted to see uh, Maleficent because I like that yeah. sort of different point of view take on on it. But uh, I, I haven't, haven't seen that yet. yet either. I really want to. Um, all right, and uh, let's see. Was there anything else? I think the very last thing that I had was a sort of B or C list celebrity passing away, but somebody that I know from a couple of really good shows uh, was um, Robert Vaughn passed away this week. Robert Vaughn? Um, Robert Vaughn was the... What was he in? Uh, he was in... Fucking hell. Uh, Gunsmoke and Dragnet and uh, Alfred Hitchcock Presents. And more recently, he was on a uh, British show called Hustle. Okay. Um, that if you guys haven't watched, it's really, really good. It's about like a group of grifters, like con men. Oh, I know who Robert Vaughn is. He he's also um, known to many in the U.S. as the uh, spokesperson for Gary Martin Hayes, who's like a like sleazy lawyer. That's hilarious. But anyways, he looks familiar, but I don't. Yeah, he's he's him. he's. I mean, a pretty well known like character actor, right? Like he's never yeah. been in anything like huge, but he's been in enough places that you recognize him. Yeah. Oh, Man from Uncle. That's probably why I know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, that as well. Uh, so now that I severely botched that, uh, <laughs> let's move on to our geekiest thing we did this week, or geek of the week, as we're as I am insisting on calling it. Geek of the week. <laughs> uh, let's start with Mark. Um, I actually can't think of anything. Can we go to Chris? Can you guys go and then let me think what I did this week? Yeah, Christy? I can. I can answer. Yep. Mine's super, super embarrassing, um, but I will share it 
as embarrassing stories work. with Christy. Embarrassing Check that box on your dance episode. robot dance bingo card. Yeah, <laughs> episode seven. <laughs> um, I watched all of the um scenes of every Mass Effect romance <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> Except the one that I'm pursuing this uh, this playthrough because I didn't I I wanted to feel connected. <laughs> <laughs> it started with Garrus, which I watched twice. But <laughs> <laughs> wait, lo- love scenes as in like as in like sex scenes? No, as in like all their relationship, like. Every relationship moment they have throughout the series was put into somebody. A lot of people have made compilations, and so I just watched like, like hour after hour. Were you wearing pants during this? Yes, I was at work. I was just listening to it. Did you make your your uh, angry Muppet face? <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't sploosh all over the. All over the keyboard. No, I just listened to it and like um, had it up while I was doing graphic design because I found it creatively appealing. (laughs) You and I have very different styles, I'd imagine. Then, like, (laughs) yeah, mine just—I don't know why all my work has tentacles in it. I (laughs) just—it's always a tentacle in there. It's like just one, just hanging out. And everyone's like, Christy, get rid of the tentacle. And I'm like, what tentacle? And they're like, that one that's in the middle of the screen. And I'm like, oh, I never even see it anymore. <laughs> it's like the base. Is that like the spine of your design every time yeah. now? Like, Yeah, it's a pretty shitty spine, though, because it's so wiggly. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, Mark, that was the geeky thing. Uh, I've been, this is like almost professional geeky, but I've been doing online like After Effects training for motion graphics oh after effects motion graphics are the best oh it's i'm not it's it's extremely tedious and i'm like i don't everybody's calling for it and i'm like i don't like doing this stuff like i'm a print conceptual guy let me do that but no 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 no. everybody's like gotta have motion graphics and i'm like fuck that means i gotta learn how to do it (laughs) yeah i learned how to edit audio in the last three months and now i get to learn how to do motion graphics once you get into motion graphics they're really fun yeah, Alicia has done plenty of, who's my wife for our listeners, has done plenty of motion graphics. So if you ever get stuck on anything, she's a good resource. No, I'm usually like, once I get into it, I'm fine. I just like, I I've avoid, like I did some and then like we backed out of it. Like where I work, stopped doing any kind of flash or motion or anything like that. Mm. And now that I'm trying to leave, I'm like, <laughs> I got to learn how to do this again. So skill I'm, set. I'm getting yeah. back into it and I'm just like, I hate this shit. It's so fucking tedious. It makes me crazy. <laughs> um, it's like the web I don't like doing the web stuff either I'm just like can I just do the fucking framework and hand it off to a developer because yeah. I don't want to fucking deal with coding any of this garbage anymore <laughs> that's why you gotta find a job like mine where you just do graphic design photo or video you don't do any of the other stuff uh, I just want honestly at this point I don't even want to do any of the actual work anymore I want to tell, tell other people <laughs> how to do the work like I'm I'm at the point where I should be art directing probably so yeah, probably. I'm getting there so that's what I'm looking for, but I, I I need to know at least enough about motion graphics that I can tell somebody what the fuck I want. So, <laughs> all right. Well, let's see. For me, my geek of the week is probably that I uh, finished playing through uh, Grim Fandango Remastered, and it was every every bit as good as I remember. Amazing music and 
really cool story and really interesting, unique style. I mean, it's not a perfect game by any stretch. I'm not. There are some puzzles in there that are really not intuitive at all, but still a great game. Uh huh. I've never actually played it, but it looks really fun. I've watched uh, Mark, my Mark, play it. Yeah, it is. It's a really fun game, and uh, I think next time I play through it. I mean, it's not a particularly long game. Like, if I wanted to, I could easily like sit down and play it on a Saturday kind of thing. Like, it's only maybe got. Well, the way I play, it's probably like 10 or 12 hours of gameplay, but that's because I need to explore absolutely fucking everything. Uh-huh. But you'd like, have to do that every time you play through it? Usually. I mean, for me, it's uh, if it's the sort of thing that I would play through regularly, which I don't really have any games that I play, play through on like you know an annual basis or anything like that. But because this is probably the first time I've played through that game in at least 10 years, so I'd forgotten so much of it. That yeah, I still like I went in again and you know felt like I really wanted to go through and explore it. Like that for me is a sign of a really good game if you can go through and really want to explore every corner of that world uh, and sort of go through every dialogue branch that you can, kind of thing. Mm. So huh. yeah, no, our uh, our video game podcast a couple weeks ago made me go and do my one afternoon sit through of Symphony of the Night, like annual Symphony of the Night rip through, like that yeah. gives me like. 10 hours to do now or something like that so. yeah i mean and it's it really just solidified in my mind like how much i love all those games like they were doing games with really pretty well developed stories at a time where nobody else really was like you know they were doing games with fully fleshed out stories in like the early 90s when you know most games were just like shoot 'em up kind of thing no no real context no real story anything like that uh, and they continued on that that tradition basically until they stopped making games in like the mid two thousands or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's really story is always like base uh, is one of the biggest things for me in games. So, anyways, that was my geekiest thing I did this week. So now that we've covered that, let's get into our meat of the episode. Meat, 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 meat. <laughs> Baloney. <laughs> So for this week's episode, uh, yeah, I guess what I did, what I asked the guys to do is kind of uh, look into the baloney of movies, which is like the tropes, the the shitty stuff that people just use over and over and over again, the plot devices that are just fucking played out and used to death. And every time you see them, you're just like, oh, fuck, not this shit again. This writing is lazy as all hell. <laughs> um. So I asked everybody to come up with basically their uh, their five most hated or like overused or just the the tropes that they're the most tired of. Uh, it doesn't have to be from you know movies. It can be any kind of story, games or TV shows or books or comics or whatever. Um, and I I'm really interested to see what everybody came up with because there's so many of them. I spent a little bit of time on TV tropes just looking for this, and I was like, holy fuck, I did not expect it to be this extensive. I probably spent the last three days at the office just on TV tropes trying to identify which ones I wanted to talk about. That <laughs> website sucks me in, and I, I will just sit on it for hours just clicking through and yeah. reading and then clicking and reading and clicking. And then I've got 28 tabs, and I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm glad this shares to my fucking Chrome so I can go home and keep reading this shit because <laughs> I don't have anything else to fucking do with my time. So. <laughs> All right, well, then why don't you kick us off then, Mark? What is We don't, we don't have to do this in any particular order, but give us one of your most hated tropes. Uh, my, like, the one that I think 
like it's probably the lowest, but that stands out to me is always the it, it, it on the on TV tropes because I'm going directly from TV tropes. They call it <laughs> Superman stays out of Gotham, um, mm. which it's it's a, it's a become like something that I have a problem with in the, the movies, um, a lot. Where in a shared universe, there's no reason for the superheroes to not just call their buddies, yeah, and come and solve a fucking problem. Um, I think you see it the best in Iron Man 3, which happens 15 seconds after Avengers, and all of this shit's getting blown up, and the president's been kidnapped, and yet nobody from S.H.I.E.L.D., Captain America, neither of like the two agent people show up and help they're, Tony out deal with this. They're all still at the shawarma place? Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is just like, I find that, that one is so fucking infuriating to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I share that pain for you too. In, in comics, at least, I mean, that, that's, that's, I think very much a comic book one. Yeah. And, uh, I've noticed them actually starting to address that more. Like there, there'll be like a little throwaway panel or throwaway statement or something where somebody will actively say like, you know, that they're not, they don't want to call other people because of their own pride or like, uh, because you know they'll mention like everybody else is off world, like the JLA is all off world on a mission yeah. or something like that. Yeah, but if if it, it, like it falls anything where there's a shared universe, it becomes a problem. Like mm-hmm. um, even if you go back to like Deep Space Nine, like they're in the middle of a huge war, and you never hear what happened. Like where, where's the Enterprise? Like where's yeah. Picard? They never mention it at all. Like they get it offhandedly mentioned in one of the movies, and it's like that's not a good answer to that at all. Yeah. Um, Doctor Who runs into it a ton too, because like especially if you watch the spinoff, if you ever watch Torchwood, there's yeah. one of them. Oh, I think it's Children of Earth, where like their the, their last season wasn't it? No, it was the last British season. The last season was the one that was on Stars. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's it's something else. But it's like this really horrifying thing is happening, and it's just like the Torchwood team dealing with it, and it seems like something you would the Doctor would show up for. Mm. if you're in that world but like he doesn't and it feels really weird and then they call even more attention to it by having one of the characters be like oh i wonder where jack's doctor is like you think he's maybe he's disappointed in the way we're handling it and he doesn't show up and i'm like don't even say it then like yeah. don't say it because that's a terrible idea <laughs> so i don't know i, I yeah, mean that's... i think i i definitely agree that's a pretty bad one um but i think i think in terms of i think it it's got probably a misnomer sort of name because I think it's pretty fucking obvious why Superman never goes to Gotham. And that's because like Batman is just so fucking full of ego. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I just like that it's named that because it makes me laugh. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a really easy way to sort of encapsulate it, but I think it's also probably not, not very accurate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like those, that's those, those are the examples I think are the most like, prevalent in my head when it comes to that one where i'm like this was really starting to bother me like even in the new even in suicide squad like that city's getting decimated where superman you would think superman Mm. would be like the fuck is happening i need to go deal with that yeah Yeah. like a city's being evacuated and something aliens happening there why is superman not there yeah and then the joker shows up and (laughs) batman it doesn't show up either so it's like well (laughs) shared universe right like Maybe it happens in conjunction with the events of Batman v Superman. They're busy beating the shit out of each other and letting an entire city die. There you go. That just makes them <laughs> even sound worse than they already did in that movie. <laughs> All right, Christy, give us one of your most hated tropes. 
Uh, I'm going to go with the um, most broad one first, which is uh, I'm very tired of the manic pixie dream girl. I almost said I, that one, yeah. I knew that one was going to come up. That's why I didn't put it on my list. <laughs> well, that's why I put it on mine because I figured I have the most right to it. Um. <laughs> because you are one? Because, yeah. because you own a ukulele and a puppet of yourself? And you're what wearing hipster glasses? What are you talking about? <laughs> and, and a recorder as well? I'm a manic pixie dream girl. Yes. Slam my ukulele. That's just who I am, guys. <laughs> no, do you, I think, pl- do you actively play ukulele? Yes. I want to do like this is this is it. so totally off topic, but I totally want to do like just a shitty cafe night with somebody who plays ukulele and do like the Eddie Vedder ukulele song album. Like, oh, I'm not very it. good yet. I'm no, a- neither is he. That's the that's the best part. Oh. Eddie Vedder did a, an album of ukulele songs. It's literally called Ukulele Songs. Jesus Christ! It's excellent because it's just. Eddie, like Eddie's voice in a ukulele, which is, it's beautiful, but it's still like, it's just him in a ukulele. <laughs> Fuck, didn't, uh, what, who's Neil Gaiman's wife? Amanda. Miss Gaiman. Amanda Connor? No, that's no, not that's an, Gaiman. That's an on- artist. Fuck, she was in a big band too. Neil Gaiman's wife. Band Gaiman. Uh, Amanda Palmer. Amanda Palmer, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she did, if I'm, Remembering this right, she did a whole album of Radiohead covers on ukulele. Yeah, there you go. See? Awesome. I do Creep. That's one I can play. What? Uh, creep? I play yeah. Creep. She, she does a really good cover of Creep. Uh, that's actually on, on ukulele. Let's not, let's not go into detail about Creep, because when we do our Radiohead episode, we could have a long argument about that song. Yeah. There's a lot of good covers of Creep out there. I used to sing that to the baby I nannied for a year, because uh, it was the only thing that would put her to sleep. I sang that for an MMT audition one year. They didn't like it. Oh. <laughs> They're like, you're supposed to do a musical song. I was like, fuck that. We're doing a rock musical. We were doing Tommy, I think, that year. Oh, yeah. It was nice. either Tommy or Jesus Christ Superstar. I can't remember which. We're like, we're doing a rock opera. I sang a fucking rock song. It's Jesus Christ Superstar. You're singing about Jesus. I'm a creep. That's big in the sky. All right. Yes, the Manic Pixie Dream yeah. Girl, I think, is definitely... I just uh, to death. mostly because she serves no purpose except to help the male the male um, protagonist uh, discover something about himself, and then either they get together and it's like happily ever after, and we don't actually find out what happily ever after is because let's be serious, you can only be so enamored with a manic pixie dream girl for so long, yeah. or um, you know, or they break up. You realize and, she's just crazy. Yeah, <laughs> or they break up because like. He couldn't, um, he had to change and she couldn't help him or make him change. But really in the end, she makes him change for the better, but he ends up with another manic pixie dream girl. (laughs) And it's just like, that's not, that's not how women work. We don't like serve as purposes to the ends of a means to, you know, self-enlightenment for men. Like sometimes we do, but you know, we also have a stake in it. (laughs) <laughs> it's not just, you know, us going home and sitting, you know, in our in our recharging stations waiting for more time with the man. <laughs> so let's let's go through the most egregious examples. Uh I mean there's Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Five hundred days of summer. Five hundred days of summer. Scott Pilgrim, I would say, falls into that category. I would say oh, Ramona yeah. Flowers and Manic Pixie Dream Girl. But like she's the baddest ass is 
badass sister. She's not the worst example of it, but she definitely falls into that category. Yeah. Most badass. That's what I was trying to say. Um, Manic Pixie Dream Girl. You know who's definitely in that is Knives. You know who else I think is a Manic Pixie Dream Girl? Who? In a, in a spiritual sense is Abed. Community reference. Oh, taken care of. Community reference. You have your bingo card. <laughs> but I mean, he totally is, right? He's a basically male version of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Yeah, I guess that's kind of true, isn't it? Huh. Um, he's, he's a, I yeah, never he, thought about it that way. No. Like he's he's obsessive, he's quirky, but he functions. You know, he does things his own way, but he still gets them done. Yep. Oh, um, Natalie Portman, five uh, in uh, Garden State. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. Is that? But yeah. That, all these examples are, for the most part, just like you know, basically foils yeah. to the male character. I would say. Um, uh, one of the first would probably be Annie Hall, Diane, Diane Keaton. Yeah, yeah. She started it. Yeah, I would say that's a that's a sort of prototype uh, manic pixie dream girl. Yeah. Oh, Penny Lane, almost famous. Yep, totally. Yeah. Yep. Um, um, and I <laughs> and then Abed even ends up with a manic pixie dream girl. Uh, what's her name? Was her name Rachel? Uh, that, oh, Brie, that Brie Larson, Brie Larson plays the co- yeah, yeah. the coat check girl when he does his uh, his uh, sitcom double yeah, date uh, thing. thing at the Sadie Hawkins dance. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, here's a good one: Scarlett Johansson and her. I haven't watched that one. That's oh, the Spike, that Spike Jones, right? Is that the one where she's a she's real, the like a AI she's the computer? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yep. So good. Uh, yeah, I'd heard really good things about that, but I haven't had a chance to see it. I haven't seen it either. But oh yeah, man, it's it's Dharma and Greg, like the original. Almost. Oh yeah, Dharma was a massive man. Pixie Dream Girl. There's uh, you're gonna you're gonna fall into like the best subversion of it at one point, Tim. Um, in Thirty Rock, eventually Jennifer Aniston shows up, and she's a friend of uh, Liz and Jenna's from Chicago or something like that. <laughs> and she goes like totally like insane manic pixie dream girl on Jack. Uh, to the point where like he's addicted to her and like can't get away like can't deal with it anymore. It's hilarious. Oh, it's nice. so funny. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still still not through the first season. I'm getting through it slowly what? but surely. I'm enjoying it, but it's it's not gonna like supplant like the office is my like favorite comedy of that team uh time period, I don't think. Oh no! So I, I I couldn't get into the, I couldn't get into the American Office, but I love Thirty Rock. Yeah, I also I I, mean, I, I do fucking love Tracy Morgan. He's amazing in it. Yeah, I see. I really like I I love Tina Fey. So oh, me too. So much. I and, really like. Yeah, I do really like Tina Fey. I feel like a lot of the show is playing on sort of feminist stuff, which I mean I can empathize with, but doesn't resonate with me the same way that maybe The Office does. Oh yes, I, mean, I don't know why The Office just didn't click with me, but like, I love Jack Donaghy so much. Yeah, I love oh. Baldwin. I know another one. I was just thinking about it. Um, the Notebook. Oh, never, never watched it. it. Never seen it. Of course, you guys haven't watched it. <laughs> There's one that we at least Tim and I will have seen. That's like a kind of bad version, like a bad girl version of it. But Drusilla from Buffy kind of counts, I think. Yeah, in terms of like it. a bad girl version. So. Yeah, that's true. I mean, she was yeah. Yeah, to a large extent. I mean, she was maybe a little bit more Ophelia-ish. Yeah, like but o- you could argue Ophelia kind of is a manic pixie dream girl, just the Shakespearean <laughs> version of it, right? Maybe. 
Yeah, she's wow, totally. now we're getting in. Stu should be here. We're getting into like deep fucking analysis now, folks. Yeah, good times. <laughs> you can even argue like Harley Quinn sometimes can be like played that way too, depending, depending on how how she's written. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Oh yeah, Harley Quinn. But you know what? Harley Quinn is a manic pixie dream girl for Joker, but yeah. not for anyone else because she doesn't like. She might like hit on them, but she doesn't function to drive anyone else's character. Uh, I, I would say that there was, I mean, in the Suicide Squad movie, to the extent that there was a character, any character development in it, some of it was <laughs> driven by, uh, uh, by Harley. Um, I would say, uh, another one would actually be from Fantastic Beasts. Um, there's one character and she actually talks like this because she's from New York in the 1920s. <laughs> and she's like, she falls for the best friend, and they're just, they, you know, this is just, she's got blonde hair and really nice fashion sense, and she never raises her voice above a whisper. You're not selling this movie to me at all. It's so good, though. <laughs> well, besides that, amazing. Mm. <laughs> Shut up. Great. All right. Anybody have anything else to say about Manic Pixie Dream Girls? Uh, aside from that it's annoying. No. Yeah, I think, it is I think annoying. We've, uh, I think we've driven that one into the ground, much like that trope. Um, so for me, I'm going to say one that we've, uh, that we have definitely talked about in the podcast before. And that's been really prevalent in recent years, especially in the, uh, Marvel movies, which is forced or shoehorned romances. Oh, uh, romantic plot tumor. That was like my number one. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's what it's called on TV tropes is romantic plot tumor is like forced romance in a, in a movie that doesn't necessarily need it. Yeah. And I mean, that is just, uh, yeah, I mean, there have been so many uh, comic book movies where that's just been fucking shoehorned in in a really ham-handed kind of way. There have been... I mean, I love Bond movies, and I love Bond girls. There have been Bond movies where the romance just felt completely fucking forced. Mm. Uh, and just, it was, you know, not really necessary to the plot in any way, shape, or form. And it was clearly just there because, hey, it's a Bond movie. We need to have some romantic tension and moments in here so yeah, he, still, he still fucks them all yeah yeah <laughs> even when there's no there's no chemistry whatsoever he still bangs them yeah because that's what bond does he uses women yeah for sexual pleasure that was one of the things i really liked about force awakens is that they really didn't shoehorn a romance into it like there were a couple points where you caught maybe that like finn was trying to flirt with ray a little bit and she was like no fuck off we're in a serious situation here we need to fucking focus <laughs> on on defeating the first order that's true that's pretty funny <laughs> um but yeah that is just one thing i'm really fucking sick of is is just Seeing a female character and being like, oh, God, we're doing this again. You could have done so much more interesting character development. Like, I'm not against having female characters in there or female characters, like, as friends, uh, that kind of thing. Like, there have been a lot of good instances where that has been the case. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm blanking on examples right now. I didn't do a really Um, great job of looking up a bunch of examples, but I have a bunch that i kind of thought of while i was looking at this because this is the one that bothers me the most and we, we just talked about it in dr strange like that's a really good example of like mm-hmm. that that did not need to be there yeah um there's a weird one like i found the age of ultron black widow bruce banner one kind of like it was just there actually yeah. i kind of liked it the mo- no. yeah but they, they'd spent the entire previous movie teasing 
Black Widow and Captain America. That's true. Not not and to mention then, the Vision Scarlet Witch one. Yeah, but no, at least that's quasi canonical. So yeah, but it didn't like it didn't feel natural at all. It's because Vision's um, unnatural. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, that's true too. Um, there's a. It's <laughs> powered by an Infinity Stone. Yeah, exactly. Um, even even Dark Knight Rises, like the the Selena Kyle character being in there doesn't like she doesn't need to be in that movie at all. Aside from like God bless Anne Hathaway in that outfit, like all day every day. But yeah, <laughs> I didn't like she didn't like you could take her out of that movie and you really have, don't have to change a lot of the plot to yeah. like navigate around what is taken up by having her gone. Aside from her in that outfit, God uh. bless. I have to rewatch um, that to with with an eye to viewing that to say if I agree with that or not. There's not really anything she does in particular that really moves the plot forward. Um, there's like very little things, but like Batman could just show up because he's Batman. There's no real reason for him, like for her to be there a lot of the time. I feel I feel like her character at the very least added some sort of um, levity and balance to the movie. True, it would have been pretty dour without her. Yeah. Um, but it's still it's still that one that one bugs me. Um, the, I don't know why this one popped out when I was reading the list on TV tropes, but like in Bram Stoker's Dracula, um, it isn't like, I could just read the description. Like Dracula isn't after Mina because he's an undead embodiment of evil, a monster seeking to feed on the blood of the innocent is because he's in love with her. Like, that's not the way it works in the original book. It's just like, for some reason it turns into this love story in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. That's weirdly like doesn't need to be there and kind of it almost makes the character too sympathetic as opposed to like being really monstrous which whatever um the one we bring up over and over again uh that i hate the most is felicity on felicity and friends uh, previously <laughs> known as arrow um, felicity and friends yeah like that that fucking that 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 plot like the romantic plot between uh, Ollie and her completely destroyed that show. Yeah. Um, and it's still like completely destroyed to this day. And for I some mean, reason, th- I think that they could have done it well. They changed her character so much though, that like all of a sudden she was like, like she was, uh, Oracle and Batman at the same goddamn time. Like it's like she mm-hmm. did everything. There was no reason for him to even be there anymore. She, yeah, she did end up being a real fucking Mary Sue character. Yeah, like brutal Mary Sue character. And then, yeah. then every episode was like a wind up, and it was just the two of them crying at each other. And I was just like, for fuck's sakes, get rid of it. <laughs> Let me just have my emotions. So, what's the name of that one on on uh, TV tropes? Romance tumor. Oh, romantic plot tumor. <laughs> romantic plot tumor. Um, okay, there's like I got two other ones that I can think of right now. Um, in the X Men movies specifically, because in the comics it's a little bit better developed. But like, Logan knows like Wolverine knows Jean Grey for like 15 minutes, and then when you get to the second Wolverine sequel, he's having fucking dreams about her, and like they are, had like a long lasting romance. They knew each other for 25 minutes yeah. before he had to stab her to death, and he's just like it's almost stalker with a crush <laughs> by that point, where it's like he didn't really have an actual relationship aside from like some flirting and like one kiss. And like, I don't know if you count the kiss that he kissed her, but it was actually a mystique. Like, I don't know, whatever weird (laughs) shit you want to do there. And then like, yeah, I don't know. That was really weird. And then actually I got two more that really bugged me. Sorry. See, this bugs me. So, uh, daredevil, uh, the foggy and Karen relationship in season one, where they spend 10 minutes per 10 to 20 minutes per episode, like dealing with this, like, kind of forced romance that doesn't really work and doesn't end up going anywhere. 
and then I don't know if I would agree with that one. See, I want. Yeah, see, it's too. It's so forced. It's almost like it is, but I I feel like they acknowledge that it's forced. Like I feel like Karen is very much like Foggy. Come on, we got to be you know fucking serious about this. And Foggy's just all about getting in her pants. Yeah, but like the the amount of time they spent dealing with it, I was just like, this is you're dealing, you're spending too much time with it. it yeah, it, it could have it, happened it slows, off camera. Kind of yeah, it, or it, sl- it slows the episodes down in spots where I'm just like, I can fast forward through this. I'm not missing any actual plot development. Yeah, and, and I just get back to like Daredevil doing Daredevil things. <laughs> um, well, that's the only reason you watch it, though. I mean, I mean, I understand why this trope exists, and it's it's a misguided attempt to you know get more female viewership. Does yeah, it work, Christy? Well, I mean, I think that you know, romance is good, but we c- you could tell when it's it's just there to be there mm-hmm. because some writer somewhere has been like, ah, uh, who do we put this person with? Ah, uh, <laughs> I guess we can't give her Murdoch yet because you know <laughs> that's like. I mean, we gotta that's, have that's a se- that's a season four thing. No, it's season three, right before Bullseye stabs her in the fucking head. So. <laughs> um, Karen Page dies horribly at Bullseye's hands in the comics, like what? horribly. Oh yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Spoilers. Well, it's in the comics, so it's not technically a spoiler. And you're never gonna read the comics. Let's be. And honest. You're never gonna read the comics. I've read the comics. <laughs> it's 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 not a Vertigo book. You're not gonna read the comics. I wanted to loop back around to Batman. Uh, Rachel Dawes in Batman Begins. Character doesn't exist. Yes. Would have been just as effective, actually more effective, uh, to make that character Harvey Dent. That one I agree with. No romance. And then by the time he actually becomes Two-Face for 13 seconds at the end of Dark Knight, <laughs> yeah. you believe the fall. Because it's like, he instead of like, oh, my girlfriend died, it's, oh, my city has collapsed in on itself that I've been trying to save. And the Joker is one, and then I've got scarred, and I snap. It's like, oh my god, my life. Proper motivation. Instead, yeah. it's like we have Katie Holmes sleepwalking her way through the first movie, and then Maggie, whatever her name is, Gyllenhaal. Maggie Gyllenhaal, not doing much in the second movie except for dying, and then he turns into Two Face, and it's like this doesn't yeah. work for me. Harvey Dent, like I really liked that portrayal of him. It would have been fine if they, they could have had Aaron Eckert in the first movie, though, yeah. and just done the whole thing and had him in there. Because, like, they introduced the Harvey... Like, if you're going to reboot Batman, you're probably going to introduce the Harvey Dent character really early as Harvey Dent and yeah. keep him there for a while. And then, like, two or three years down the line, you turn him into Two-Face. Yeah. Don't just, like, introduce him and then, like... I mean, it, I get it's a movie. You have to move a little faster, but it's still, like, shit. If you had not had that, like, we have to have a romance kind of angle in it, in this movie that would have been a much better arc for Harvey's character. Yeah, yeah. it's true. I mean, it, that's the problem, though, is that, like, th- there's this this idea that romance is such a necessity when really a movie can be just as compelling if it doesn't have, like, you know... Sometimes the romance really is just, I don't know, exhausting. Yeah. Uh-huh. We, we, could, we could probably come up with a lot of, like, really good mo- like movies that you really don't want to like shoehorn a romance into like schindler's list or something oh. like that <laughs> why <laughs> I, I mean it's been a long time since i've seen schindler's list there might be a romance in there somewhere i don't think I so know. <laughs> but, i've never actually been able to watch it because you've never so seen intense. that movie oh it's man it's so it's, intense it is it's such it a is. good movie though yeah yeah 
Yeah, I did not. Just... I, I did not get that one that through that one with a dry eye. I can tell you how much that movie's. <laughs> I watched harrowing. the first five minutes and was like, "Oh my god, that little, little girl in the red coat lives!" Right? It's such a hard. <laughs> it's such a hard watch, but it's so good. Also, yeah. Liam Neeson is just phenomenal. Add yeah. that to the list of our tough sit episode. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, since I just stole one of Mark's, so we basically just did one combined for the two of us. Let's go back to Christy. I. Um, I would say, uh, this one drives me up the wall. Dumb protagonists in scary movies. <laughs> because, like, I just, I can't get over, the, it's, it's the stuff they do, like, n- the stuff that no one would do. Community did the phenomenal version where Abed tells, like, a scary story. He's, <laughs> like, talking about how they would listen to the radio because they'd want to make sure that, you know, like, they'd want to know there was a killer on the loose if they knew they were in that area. They would stand back to back with knives and, like, be prepared to attack. They would make sure all the doors were locked. They would, like, you know. They do- wouldn't split up. They wouldn't split up. They wouldn't go into dark rooms. They'd just wait. <laughs> they'd be like uh the police are probably on their way so like you know i'll just wait or i'll go outside and like you know um or hide in my own way i don't know like better than the way that they act on movies because it's just all so dumb or like going into an empty house where you get a creepy feeling going hello <laughs> hello <laughs> hello it's like leave <laughs> That just I'm just dumb protagonists in movies and scary movies drives me. I thought I thought you don't even like scary movies. Well, I've watched enough shitty scary movies. <laughs> like, uh, I, just, I would. I, I'd say that it depends on the scary movie. If it's like a scary movie that I'm supposed to be taking seriously, then yeah, that kind of takes me out of it. But if it's like a sort of fun slasher kind of movie, then I'm then a little more forgiving on it. Yeah. It's, that's when it's not, it's not a trope at that point. Cause they're making fun of the trope. Yeah. That's what gets me. I just, I hate the idea of like this. It, it's just, they're relying on shitty old, um, like overused trope to get themselves through the movie. It's true. Just drives yeah. me nuts. I, I agree. Like if it's if it's a horror movie that's supposed to be like legitimately scary and just not like a fun sort of like Freddy kind of slasher sort of thing, then that does uh, that definitely takes me out of it. Yeah. What's Even the then, point? occasionally it just it still bothers me because it'll be yeah. like such an obvious choice where like you could have you could have taken you know you could have done something interesting here. Or like yeah. even like it's like it's such an obvious where it's like you turn left or right and right's like more dark alley and left's like a parade and they go right and it's like the fuck are you doing like idiot like i get i don't know so many stupid decisions yeah i really love that scary movies and like horror movies are starting to sort of eat their own tail so to speak and becoming a lot more like meta with stuff like cabin in the woods and a lot of the found footagey kind of stuff um this last season of american horror story was very much like that too where it was like uh the first half of the season was a reenactment or a fictional reenactment, and then the mm-hmm. second half of the season was a reality show, basically. Oh, yeah, I heard about, I heard about it. Or, or like a, 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 a fictional reality show, but a reality show, basically, where the subjects of the original fictional reenactment go back to the scene of the crime, along with a bunch of the actors from the the, the reenactment. It got really fucking meta. But uh, it was it was a pretty good, I think, send up of a lot of that found footage kind of stuff. Interesting. 
But yeah, so it's like people are getting the fact that they this isn't as enjoyable anymore, but it still happens so often. Yeah. This drives me nuts. <laughs> it's like right. I get why certain people yell at TV. <laughs> Just don't do it in the theater because t- Tim will tell you to shut the fuck up. Yeah, so. and then and then you can threaten, threaten my life after that. And I pull out my gun. <laughs> Jesus. No, Christy. That did not happen. No, You're being Christy. racist. No, Christy? Okay. <laughs> um, all right. This is one that I actually just pulled out that just I saw today on the most recent episodes of Ash vs. Evil Dead. And that's the sort of like, it's all been in your head. It's a delusion. You've actually been in an asylum for however many years or kind of thing, whether oh. the, whether the asylum, whether the assignment thing is the reality or asi- asylum is the reality, or it's sort of like a, you know, story within a story or a device kind of thing. I'm fucking sick of that. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and it's been done. It's like, that's a, that's a genre trope that like has been done to death over and over again. I can't even think of a show that I watched that that has not happened in anymore. Yeah. Cause it happens in every show. Yeah. Um, and it's the sort of thing now that again has started becoming like the sort of thing that people poke fun at. Yeah, and uh, and we'll. Uh, uh, yeah, see. I don't want to hear anything about the Ash versus Evil Dead though. Shh. I'm almost well, done season could, one. I, I could think of two really like it was probably earlier examples, but they were like really egregious ones that like, and they happened around the same time I think actually. And the one is they did that the in the asylum thing in Buffy the Vampire Slayer in season six. And yes, yeah, yeah I and it was it was where, exactly where they're trying that. to tell Buffy that she has never been a slayer, and that yeah. it's all yeah, yeah, and she almost wants to believe it because her life's so depressing. Because in season six, like if I was in yeah. the middle of that season, I'd probably want to be in a fucking delusion where I was actually in an insane asylum too. So yeah, and that one, and then uh, Deep Space Nine does like, actually. It's almost it's exactly the same plot. Well, not exactly. Sorry, they don't go to the insane asylum right away. But Cisco starts having delusions that he's a writer in the twenties or thirties or something like that. I remember right. that. Yeah, and they go back to it later where he has been put away because of like his obsession with like the Deep Space Nine story. Um, but yeah, that, those are the two that like stick out in my head like crazy. Um, whenever that trope comes up, and I'm like, ugh, like again, like. Deep Space Nine did it best, probably, and, like, even that, like, they really ground it into the fucking, like, pavement, so. Yeah. It makes me just think of that line from Arrested Development. It's an illusion, Michael. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Tricks apparently, things whores do for money. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, this one is known on TV Tropes as the Cuckoo Nest. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, you're you're bouncing back and forth between realities, that kind of thing. Yeah. The um, have either of you guys watched the uh, the prisoner the British series? Yeah. No. Yeah. It's Aww. a it's really good. I highly recommend it. It has a lot. It set the uh, groundwork for a lot of later uh, sort of spy stuff and it's 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 very much like the uh, well if you were gonna go by this website it's yeah. like the trope codifier for a lot of yeah. genre TV going forward. Like you, there's stuff that's pulled out of Lost. There's stuff that's pulled out of like. Uh, any kind of well, yeah, like Tim said, all the spy shows and stuff like that. Okay. Um, any kind of like sci-fi, like X Files pulls a lot from it. Like it's just everything kind of references back to it. The Simpsons has pretty much referenced every scene in every episode of every <laughs> season or every 
yeah. like second of the prisoner at some point in its even if you've never watched it you could probably go back and watch it and be like yeah a lot of this feels really familiar oh i recognize that from the simpsons yeah you would totally yeah you would recognize like 95 percent of it from the simpsons because they actually did an episode yeah uh, and i think it's where homer becomes mr x or something like that like on the internet and he goes (laughs) to like what is ostensibly the prisoner island okay and like has to escape and shit and they do the big bubble coming and chasing them and yeah. all that kind of stuff so that's that's the prisoner it's basically this like disavowed spy that uh has been uh put on this island that is full of just people like this village that people just basically accept the reality that they're given like it's this tiny like sort of perfect community and he's the only one that sort of you know understands that Things Something aren't right. is really wrong. Yeah, yeah. like it's really. How it's we not so brought up Shutter Island then as like an uh, as a as a. An oh, rip off, like a rip off of it. Yeah, or yeah. Like, there's like, there's that's definitely Shutter Island with um, DiCaprio, right? Yeah, yeah, very much so. <laughs> Except this was in like the '60s. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's like, 60, <laughs> like late '60s, early '70s, like BBC stuff. Like yeah. it's a good show. It really um, is, and it stands up. It's aged really well. Yeah, that's rare. That is yeah. very rare. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so that's one that I'm just really fucking sick of because it's just again, it's just so sloppy. It's it's a really cheap way to have like characters do some like soul searching and introspection kind of thing. Okay. You know, Did it? These... Sorry, finish your thing. No, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just like I wanted to make a community reference because don't doesn't um, Patton Oswald? No, is it Patton Oswald? No, he hasn't been on Community, has he? No, no, no. Uh... Sorry. Uh, the guy who was in the Daily Show, I can't remember his name. John they, they Oliver? See, no, no, no. They see a psychiatrist, not John Oliver, somebody else. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the PC. Yeah, yeah, the PC guy, uh, whose name I can't remember right now. PC. Um, he was on the. He was a Daily Show correspondent for ages. Yeah, uh, yeah. like in the John Stewart days, um, where he does that to the. He try and gaslights the group into like believing that like they were actually yeah. in an insane asylum and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, it doesn't last very long, but it is. Uh, they end up like. Slapping Troy because he's like keeps going. You're wearing back a you're wearing a Greendale backpack, you fucking idiot! Yeah. Yeah. Look at all the pictures on my phone. Like, yeah. <laughs> Clearly, this is real. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah exactly. In hell. <laughs> So yeah, it's, I, that that is one that clearly I think uh, people have started to realize is is really overused, but and started to make fun of it, but it is still used far too often. I think it's John Hodgman. Sorry. John Hodgman. Yes. It was bothering me. But you know yeah. what? It's it's the, the eccentric the millionaire. Yeah. Yes, the eccentric millionaire. <laughs> this is the thing about tropes that I'm sure we'll ravel this up at the, you know say this off the end. But it's it's the idea that it's it's cheap, easy ways to engage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like when you when you if you go to the TV tropes homepage, like right at the top it says tropes aren't necessarily bad. It's the overuse or using them the same way over and over again mm-hmm. that kills the trope. Um, and these are tropes, obviously, that have been driven into the ground to the point where, like, yeah, we're having an hour and ten minute long conversation about how annoying they are. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go on to Mark's next one. Uh, my next one is the is the chosen one. Uh, the oh, the Neo, Neo, the the, Slay, the Buffy, the Buffy, the Neo, the Anakin Skywalker, the 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 person from some backwater shithole that magically is the best at everything that happens. <laughs> Christie's beloved Harry Potter is one of them. Yeah. He came from um, greatness. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, it's like one of those things. And there's a subtrope that I like too that kind of says being the chosen one sucks, where it's like they'll be the chosen it's, one. It sucks and to then be the have, chosen one. Yeah, it sucks to be the chosen one. And they'll have and they'll like have these people who are like given all the power and all the luck and everything they could want in the world. Oh, and it fucking it. and it fucking blows to be them. <laughs> um so that's one that like it because it, it's such a cheap way of getting a protagonist into a movie, whereas opposed to them being like just happening into it or something like that, or all of a sudden it's like this is your destiny, Anakin or Luke, because Star Wars does it fucking twice. Yeah. So yeah, and actually probably by now that they're probably on their third one because I'm assuming is it Ray? Ray yeah. is probably going to be like you were prophesied too, and it's like go fuck yourself. Except yeah. except J J Abrams is is. You know he's the master of the bait and switch, though, right? So I w- I wouldn't be surprised if he would, you know, if he'd switch it up and maybe it's Finn or something like that that ends up being the real hero yeah, of the JJ trilogy. But JJ isn't doing the rest of the series. Is he's creative? He's executive producing. Oh, isn't okay. He? I thought I he. Thought, was I think so. I don't know. I, if if Eric were here, he'd probably be able to answer better than I would. I don't super yeah. follow the Star Wars. Well, shit. and plus, I mean, they're they're working all off story treatments by Lucas. So I mean they're bound to that to in large respect as well. So yeah. And in the novelizations, um, you know, there's the it's the two kids. Yeah, the uh, Han Solo and Leia's kid and Luke's yeah. kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so. that's that's one because like that the the chosen one stuff like it's so prevalent and it's like and I get that it's like it's just an easy way to get your hero involved, but at yeah. the same time like. There's other ways to get your hero involved. Kill their fucking parents, and then they're Batman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they don't or have Superman. To be, or Superman. Or Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Which is like another thing that I had written in there was the orphan hero, which or like, Luke and Leia. Yeah. Actually, yeah. no, they're technically not orphans. Their dad's alive. Their dad's alive. They're strange. He's a monster. They're strange. Yeah. He's a monster. They, they think they're orphans, but they're not technically orphans. <laughs> um, that's true. Um, well, there's a there's a sort of sub trope on that too. That's. Um, sort of I, I would say is starting to become prevalent and a little bit overused where it's people that think they're the chosen ones but actually aren't oh yeah and and so that's sort of become a thing now where like it's their journey and discovering that they're not actually the you know hero that they believe themselves to be or that they think they're fated to be which yeah. i think for a while at least was an interesting take on it and now is starting to get a little overused too yeah um, as a side note, you are technically an orphan if you lose your mother, and, like, and you're not raised by your father. Or, like you're you're um, a single sort of like family home. Because I remember this is getting all kinds of like weird and sad. But I remember when my mom died, um, we were technically orphans, even though my dad is still alive and very much awesome. I didn't realize that was a thing. Yep. Huh. Like like. Oliver Twist, like bowls of gruel and everything. Oliva, Oliva. <laughs> la 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 la. Hey, sir, have some more. I don't know. I just think it's it's like so many characters end up as orphans. Like it's yeah. such a weird like like so Batman, Batman, Spider Man, Superman. Like the biggest, the three biggest superheroes are all technically orphans. Yeah, like, yeah it's that's true. really weird. Um, and it comes up over and over again, and then like. I can't even think of like a, a big TV character that isn't. I guess Buffy had her mom, but like she died eventually too. I, yeah. Flash lost all of his parents. All no, of them. His, his dad of. went to jail and his mother died. And now well, his he's dad dead died too. at some point. His dad's dead now too. Uh, in the show, yeah. Yeah. Not, Is he not dead in the comics? Uh, not in the 
not in the new 52 rebirth universe i think he's like absent right now but uh oh. he yeah the 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 majority of the rebirth storyline dealt with um uh barry getting his dad's name cleared and he did sort of towards the end of the new 52 run but then his dad ended up getting out of jail and becoming involved with criminals again like supervillains mm-hmm. and uh barry was like all disappointed and emo and yeah He's like dad no dad daddy no daddy why are you doing these things there's another overused trope daddy stop child abuse is yep an overused trope i think so there is, yeah, I was looking about something like abuse as abuse as like a catalyst for drama or like a a, a shorthand for some kind of like yeah. troubled past or something like that. Definitely. That was one of my uh, yeah one of my like honorable mentions here was like particularly like female characters that have mm-hmm. like some tragedy or assault happen to them and then they become like cold and hard and you know uh, exact their revenge on their abusers you know like Kill Bill that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. Yeah. Little Mermaid. Jessica Jones, I mean, I, I think there's a good way to cover that, but there's been a lot of really lazy ways to cover it as well. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I mean, like, it's done well, so like, you don't mind that it's there, but it's yeah. still, like, it's still there, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, Chosen One, we're sick of Neos. Yeah. Uh, Christy? I would say um, my next one that drives me nuts is that when you kill the boss, all the bad guys just leave. You looked at the same cracked list that I did. Yeah, I did. This one, <laughs> this one actually, though, like bothers me. And I, what I wanted to say more about it was that it, it, the other alternative of this is that all trained assassins actually suck. If you're a bad guy <laughs> and you are um, any sort of like ninja or soldier or like any any like anybody that has a gun or a weapon. For some reason, even though you've reached these high peaks of, like, awesomeness in your field and, you know, all of these, uh, you're working for a secret service, your aim is for shit. Like, how does that, how <laughs> does that the Stormtroopers can't shoot anything uh, trope. Yeah. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> but it's like, it's everything. Every character, like, if you are a nameless bad dude. You have shit aim. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you've, like, you know, risen up the ranks by working hard. If you don't have a backstory, you have no aim. <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> it makes me angry. Yeah, that's definitely one that has, I, that I think yeah. is, yeah, I think that's done to death. Yeah. Also, reminds me, I want to watch John Wick again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was actually just thinking that, too. Like, John Wick is... I mean, it's a fun ride, but it is fucking full of tropes. Yeah. But we also learned, too, that, you know, if all know, the... Was, hmm? No, sorry. I was just going to say, like, I just watched I watched Taken, the first Taken again, which is just, like, a, a giant trope roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so much fun to just watch him, like, rip all these fuckers apart. So, so it's satisfying. It's, it- but it's true though. Like, it, it, what also it just drives me nuts. Talk about a girl as a MacGuffin. Like his daughter is just like not just, like <laughs> they give them some backstory, but it's really just like an excuse to have Liam Neeson fucking kill half of Paris. So. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, let's be serious. If you kill the boss, it doesn't mean all the little cronies are gonna like start behaving. You'd think one of them would go for revenge. Yeah. One of them might have like that. That was my fucking mentor. I'm gonna take you the fuck down now. Yeah, but, no, they all just like. Eh. There's cases where I'm okay with it. Like, for instance, like uh, something like um, 
uh, oh fuck, Avengers Two Ultron, like where all of the other ones are controlled mm. by the central, you know, Ultron, the main yeah. Ultron kind of thing. I'm okay with that sort of thing, and so I would say sort of the originator of this trope is the. Uh, um, the Lord of the Rings, like Return of the King, where they defeat Sauron and everybody else just yep. like stops God. fighting. But in that case, I would say that that is well established, like from the original sort of lore and books, in that like they were mainly fighting because the One Ring allows like dominion over weak minded people. Yeah, but he didn't have the One Ring. Well, his power basically, wow. uh, yeah, I guess. Either way, no, I just, yeah, I, I find it, because actually they do it in the, in, they do it in both Avengers movies, because, like, they destroy the ship on the other side of the portal. That's And, like, true. all these, like, half-alive things just pass, like, fall over, as yeah. their, their cybernetics fail, I guess. Yeah, in the first movie, I think it's, it's, it's more glaring and weaker than, yeah. I mean, to be fair, we live in the fucking age of, you know, redundancies and backups, and I can't believe that Ultron wouldn't have had multiple redundancies and backups. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> like that he wouldn't have like downloaded his consciousness into every single one of his you know automatons kind of thing but, but yeah, yeah sure. it's it's enough to like drive you nuts because it just it's like it, what no no <laughs> no where are all the sequels where this guy's like running for his life because some like minor character was like i want to avenge jim who was, you know, it's just... It too- My boss that I really liked, who gave me a bonus. Yeah, he gave me a Christmas <laughs> bonus that get, let me afford a pool. Like, yeah, like, that guy, he, he, he was, he's my son's godson, like... <laughs> <laughs> I really like that gym guy. Yeah. You fucking killed him, you prick. I'm going to take you down yeah. now. At the yeah, very like least, you- I'm going to complain to my superiors about this. And you would find, you would find that guy sleeping in his bed and shoot him in the head because you'd realize all of your boss's plot holes and devices didn't work. So you'd just go point blank, no monologuing, just pew. That's an excellent segue into my next one, which is Bond villain stupidity. Uh, (laughs) Says, why don't you just fucking shoot him kind of thing? (laughs) Why are you monologuing? Why are you putting them in a death trap? Like, yeah. For you, say something, Tim. Sorry. I was going to say, on the flip side of that, though, when you do have, there have been examples where you've had, like, a villain that has come back and said, like, you know, I'm going to get revenge on you, and it's just been really forced and fucking weak, like Django Fett. Yeah, agreed. And Boba Fett. Django Fett? Ruined Django- Boba Fett, too. Yeah, Django was his father, and, but yeah, the just oh, fucking, yeah. that ah. was, yeah, that was fucking weak. Actually, the Taken series is actually all about that because, like, when you get to the second and third one, it's all about because he went cut it. the The bad guys are like an Armenian crime family. Mm-hmm. Um, when he goes like it's for the second movie, it's like that that the head of that family comes back and is like, "I'm going to kill that fucking guy for killing like my son and all my yeah whoever." I don't know how um, much you guys have watched of Twenty Four, but Twenty Four. I mean, a lot of the time in like the first like half or so of the season there'll be one villain and then it'll switch to a different one that's related like it'll be like a family member or like a second in command or something like Mm -hmm. that like they'll have or in the first part of it they're they're working to take down like the second in command and then the second half of the season they're working to take down like the you know head of the organization kind of thing so and it's always somebody that's like kind of was kind of a good guy at the beginning of the season too it's like yeah the vice president's aide or something like that is like yeah. actually a fucking terrorist or some wacky bullshit yeah exactly really just an excuse for like 
Kiefer Sutherland to torture and kill fucking 48 <laughs> people an hour. So Guys, I still love that show. <laughs> it actually, uh, Taken is pretty much like 24 the movie. It really is. Um, <laughs> Even more amazing. so than 24 the actual movie. Uh, did they make a movie? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they did. No, they did a miniseries. They did like an X-Files like reboot. 24 the movie. I thought they made a movie. I thought that they did a movie. Oh, I don't like, think they ever did a movie. Yeah, I would have seen it. TV movie, 2008. Ah. Yeah, but that was like a multi-part thing, wasn't it? Um, No, hour and a half movie. Huh. I think it still took place in real time, but it's only like an hour and a half. Oh, okay. I, I, I thought it was a miniseries. I'm misremembering it. Sorry. You should be sorry. <sighs> I'm living my life that way now, Christy. Good. It's set 18 months after season six left off. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. Huh. Interesting. So anyways, uh, yeah, Mark, now that I've uh, fucked your segue to hell, you want to... Yeah, now that you've... Yeah, dry fucked my segue. Um, <laughs> a nice way of putting it. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, yeah, so like Bond villain stupidity or just like idiot villains that do stupid things to kill the hero um, and not just fucking shoot them in the goddamn head. Um, I like, Yeah, it's called Bond villain stupidity for a reason because it's usually... It, trope codified by james bond like that franchise where they would always put bond in some ridiculous goddamn death trap and he would escape because he's james bond and clearly smarter than everybody else in that hemisphere and that one Um, got sent up really early with like the batman 66 series oh absolutely yeah you could all you could almost call that like you could almost change the name of that trope to comic book villain stupidity yeah because like the comic book villains like they still kind of, well they don't do it as much anymore because it's there's sometimes that they still do yeah but they still it, well it is something like it is a, a superhero trope that'll come back over and over again but yeah definitely the uh the 66 batman uh is definitely super guilty of that so mm-hmm. um i'm trying to think where else I've seen it happen. It happens everywhere. It's just one of those things that's like either they're stopping, they fucking monologue about what their plan is, giving the guy enough time to like turn around and shoot them in the fucking head or whatever. They put them in a death trap that's going to require like 13 seconds and like half a thimble full of effort to like get out of <laughs> or, or a laser that's going to cut them in half or, or sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their heads. Shark with a freaking laser beam. The funny part about that, like when you say the laser beam is going to cut them in half, like he gets out of that, like it's not even like he puts him in the death trap. He gets out of it himself in a legit way. He talks him out of it. <laughs> like if you watch Goldfinger again, he he just insinuates that like if he dies and doesn't report in, like all the CIA is going to show up at your doorstep and like <laughs> fuck you up. And he's like, oh, so he turns it off. Like that's just Bond being smart. But, like, you remember the Simpsons version where he flips a coin at it, it yeah. blasts out, turn, like, kills all the handcuffs, then he gets up and, like, fucking breaks somebody's neck or something like that. <laughs> like, that's what you think of. But, like, at least in the, that first set of Bond movies, like, if he gets into a death trap, he figures it out at least somewhat rationally and logically. Yeah. But it's, in, it's when he starts getting into the really goofy, um, I, it's the Bond that I hate, so I can't, why well, can't I remember his name? Uh, Dalton? Sean Connery. Or Roger Dalton. Dalton. Yeah. No, no, Roger... Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton. Roger. Roger Moore. Roger Moore. Yeah. Wow. Why did I not remember that? That's horrible. Timothy Dalton only did the one, right? Two. Was it? Okay. Living Daylights and. Who was the one that. Live and Let Die? No, not Live and Let Die. Only did one. Uh, Lazenby. Right. George Lazenby. Um, Dalton did two. 
Uh, Moore did like 38 or something like that. <laughs> Too many. Connery did 38. Uh, Connery did seven. I he think. Did, I thought he did more than Dalton. Mm, Dalton? No, Dalton only did two. Or more than uh, Moore. Moore? No, Moore did the most, I think. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was the Moore. It was the Moore era when that became very prevalent. Like we're gonna put you in a death trap, and you're gonna escape the death trap really easily. Because let's be honest, by the time Roger Moore was like three movies into his James Bond run, he was about fifty-eight or some <laughs> shit like that, and too fucking old to be doing anything like actually action adventure oriented. Like not doing stunts at that point. You know what I mean? He was an old man. So. Yeah. Played James Bond too long. Yeah, he played from James Bond from seventy three to eighty five. Yeah, and like he was fifty something when he started. So, yeah, no, he was fi- he was forty five in Live and Let Die, which was seventy three, and fifty eight uh, in um, View to a Kill, which is eighty five. Hmm. Yeah, terrible, terrible. And he did Moonraker, maybe the worst Bond movie. Uh no. Definitely the worst Bond movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that movie's a fucking travesty. <laughs> it's so fucking bad. We'll have to we'll have to do a Bond episode at some point. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I love those movies. So like, yeah. it's one of my favorite film series. All right, I'm gonna go uh, into one that uh, I definitely identify with pretty heavily, and that's the uh, the sexy nerd. So, like, the nerdy character that starts out, like, really uh, homely, and, uh, oh, did I steal one from Christy? <laughs> I'm just thinking of the, the one with Freddie Prince Jr., she's all that. Yeah, she's all that. You know, really homely and really shy, and they take off their glasses, and then they get a fucking makeover, and then they're hot as fuck. Yeah, Christy's doing more visual bits where she's shaking her hair, yeah. Took my ha- my glasses off, and now I'm Sexy yeah. glasses, lady. I think I think Christy and I in particular with our glasses definitely identify with this one. Maybe not identify with this one, but are frustrated by this one. It's so stupid. <laughs> I feel like luckily it's one that uh, maybe is not particularly overused at the moment, except, I don't know, maybe it is in like fucking rom-coms and Disney Channel movies, but I don't watch that shit anymore. It was more <laughs> 90s, I think. Yeah, it was like 90s, early 2000s, I think. Like, she's all that. Like, 10 Things I Hate About You had the, what, Lauren Ambrose character that was kind of like that. Um, um, also, the character, like, uh, Kat, when she, like, wasn't in her paint overalls and so angry. Yeah. Heath Ledger. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. that him? R.I.P. R.I.P. Heath. <laughs> um, let's see. But what yeah, no, it's there? a stupid trope. I, for one, think I look better with my glasses. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. I think, I mean, I've had my glasses since I was like in high school, so I've had them almost yeah, the near 20 years at this point. Take your glasses off. I don't even know if I've ever seen you without them. I don't think I look, I look weird. My glass, my, my like eyes look too small without my glasses. <laughs> what are you talking about? I think. Um, oh, hold on, I want to click. I want to see. Oh, yeah, you're gonna, gonna fucking put that on the. I feel on the big screen on the episode now. Someone else is going to be the screen cap. <laughs> huh. um, let's see. You got Princess Diaries is another example. Oh, Anne Hathaway. Uh, mean Girls is another example. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, fuck. Just wait, so wh- how is, wait, how is Mean Girls an example? Katie, well, when she gets changed into a mean girl. Okay, let's face facts. At that point, Lindsay Lohan was hot all the time. She really was. Yeah, but I mean, at the start of the movie, she's like, the, she's like this weird kid that you know was raised in the Serengeti or whatever that comes in and is like the outcast, right? 
I guess, but like still hot. Like she still looks amazing. (laughs) That's the point though. Everybody else liked her when she was just her. It was the mean girls that the Queens that wanted to change. Uh, I guess. And we could go back to Buffy as well with fuck. Um, Willow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with Willow as well, like she started out being the nerdy character and then by the end she was very much that, that was more of a, I would say gradual transition. Yeah. She came into her own. I would say that's maybe a, an example of a better way of doing it. But uh, what was the movie? Good. Oh God, with um, Rachel Lee Cook, like the really it, it's the really uh, she's all that. That's the one we're oh, talking oh, about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's the one that really codifies that particular because that was the whole fucking plot of that movie. Isn't there a Community joke about this too, where she's like, "Oh, they're gonna she's all that them," and like there's a black version <laughs> yeah. of it, and they're yeah. like, "Oh, the black version of it." They're like, oh, right. It's like I hate it when they do that. It's so uncomfortable. <laughs> um, there was also. Uh, that was what um, Not Another Teen Movie's premise was. Yeah. With Captain well, not, America. That, as much That's as Not right. Another Teen Movie actually had a premise that wasn't Who was just... Who girl? Uh, was it Anna Faris? Yeah. No. Oh, no, Jamie is apparently... Let's see. Not Another Teen Movie. It's in, it's in the list on uh, TV Tropes. Oh, is it? Yeah. The trope is for this one is called Nerds Are Sexy. Yep. Anyways... Janie Briggs, Shiloh Lee. I don't know who that is. No. Neither do I. But I don't think that I don't think that was like a main plot. I think that was one of the like sort of little vignettes that they did kind of thing. It's pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know who it is? It's uh, Supergirl's sister. Oh, really? Oh, like from Grey's Anatomy? I think so. Yeah. Hold on. Maybe maybe I'm just misrecognizing her because that picture looks like her. Let's see. Not another teen movie. IMDb. Yeah, she, that's she plays Alex on Supergirl. Huh. That's fucked up. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, she's hot. What's the What's the actress's name again? Shyler Lee. It's C H Y L E R L E I G H. The Shyler sister. Okay. Yeah. Huh, interesting. I know it's Skyler. Wow. Yeah, she looks different. really different now. Yeah. Totally. Huh. Anyway, yeah, though that trope that that one I, that was a that was super prevalent when we were younger. You know what? I bet you if you go and watch like teen targeted movies now, which like obviously we don't watch because yeah, I've been a teenager and at least holy in shit, a while, at least <laughs> six long, months. It's been like fucking eighteen years or something like that. No, there you can check off that box on your uh, dance robot dance bingo. Is Mark and I talking about how fucking old we are? Yeah, how old we are. Sentimentality. <laughs> Uh, no, I know. more just depression. I, just gotta, I like this is totally off topic, but it made me feel old. Is like Matthew Goods announced the tour, and he's like, "Oh, we're, we're I'm revisiting uh, Beautiful Midnight," and like oh, it's twentieth like, anniversary or something. It's like not that. even like Beautiful Midnight was nineteen ninety nine. The mm. Tea Party's doing Transmission this year. It's it's twentieth anniversary. Yeah. So I was like, "Fuck, <laughs> I'm an old man." Christy, stop making, stop flapping your fucking eyes at me. <laughs> Put your glasses back on. Yeah. Negative trope. Better. Better. <laughs> cover, cover up your face cover. as much as possible. <laughs> Stick it in your face hole. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm a bad host. Whose turn was it next? Mine. Okay. Christy's turn. All right. No, it's oh, Wait. I want to say, I think that, that that sort of... Sorry, I'm being a shit host again. That sort of sexy nerd thing, I feel like that is maybe a predecessor to the Manic Pixie Dream Girl thing. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like there's some relation there. Totally. Anyways, moving on. The fuck was that? It's a dog in my apartment. (laughs) That's not a dog. What is that? Mark, he's listening to he's listening to dogs. (laughs) We can't have a real dog. (laughs) Why can't you have a real dog? We can't have a real dog. We're not allowed in this apartment. Um, and we love it, so we don't want to push our luck. Mm-hmm. But anyway, okay. So, all right, I got one. I got one. I got one. Okay. And Tim, you might recognize this. <laughs> um, it drives me nuts that people still think that you will not guess the like the end game of this trope. So, if a person doesn't die on camera, they're not they're actually, not actually dead. dead. But it's the funny. The part that makes me still laugh is that. You know, the writers are like, um, you know, they'll sound like they're dead. And the writers are like, no, guys, seriously, like, they're probably dead. No, guys, they're like dead. Come on. They're dead. Let me just write. No, we're telling you they're dead. Oh, we got you. We got you. They're not actually dead. They're going to come back in a dramatic way, which is just a reveal with some tones. (laughs) (laughs) I always like it when, like, you get that genre savvy, like, character. Who's like, did you get a body? Like, no, then he's not fucking dead. Go find yeah. the body, you prick. Like, <laughs> it's so true. Like, I remember one time I was watching, I can't remember what show it was, and the person had died off camera, and I was like, oh, shit, like, they're coming back. <laughs> and then they were dead, and I was just like, oh. You actually well yeah, threw me for a loop there. I was I'm quite, quite upset. Quite upset right now. <laughs> But there's nothing I can do. And even if they do die on camera, they're maybe still not actually dead. Every kind of superhero that's like, ever been yeah, Like Superman, who we already know is coming back in Justice League. He came back at the end of that movie, practically. Yeah. So. <laughs> and if they didn't, they may as well put a trailer for Justice League with him in it at the end yeah. of the fucking trailer. Here's the thing. How does Lois even think he's dead? It's like, come on, it's Superman. Well, he's not because dead. Because she's in the universe. We're outside of it, so we're aware. We Isn't also saw the rocks floating above his coffin. So and, also, it's a shitty and and some of us have read the original comics. Also, also some of us have seen the fucking teaser shots for Justice League where he's clearly in it and standing yeah. there in his costume alive. So yeah. and it's a shitty movie. And it's a shitty movie. Fuck all y'all bitches. <laughs> but te- that's that is mine. I don't think we need to go much more into it in depth. Yeah, on TV Tropes, that one is listed as uh, not quite dead. Yeah, not quite dead. I'm not yeah. dead yet. I feel yeah. happy. I, I think I, I'm going to have to say the most egregious one of this in recent memory is Darth Maul. Uh. Who got cut the fuck in half in episode one and was legitimately a great character. And I really liked him. And then they brought him back as like a half robot spider thing in Clone Wars. Stupid. Did they really? Yeah. I didn't watch like, Clone Wars. I mean, to be fair, Clone Wars had a lot of good moments and a, and and some really good like universe building, but it had a lot of filler as well. Um, I guess that kind of makes sense because the the wound would have cauterized, and if he could have like force pushed himself up before he hit no. the ground. Well, and we don't know what the fuck we don't know what the fuck his species anatomy is like, etc., etc., etc. Those are all the common species arguments. Excuses. Yeah. I don't. I just think it's funny you say he's a good character. I think he's an excellent visual. I never like they don't really give him a character. Like, That's he has true. two lines. Yeah, but he's an excellent visual. I will give him that. When he takes that fucking hood down the first time, I was like, ooh, oh, that is he's well one played. of the best parts of episode one. 
that dual lightsaber, everyone in the theater was like, oh, my God, I have said this a million times, but that is damning his that character by faint praise. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that someday. Saying he's the best character in one of the worst movies that has ever been made is uh, not... <laughs> no, it's by far not one of the worst movies that have ever been made. Oh, God, I hated that I've movie. watched so many movies that were much worse than episode one. They just they just didn't have the same sort of pop culture resonance that it did, so people don't really care about them. There you go. Um, what did you just do? Well, now Sorry, what's happening? I'm podcasting. I'm podcast. Mark, stop, stop taking your dick out, Mark. <laughs> Other Mark, up. stop mushroom stamping Christy. <laughs> he's not. This only <laughs> happened one time. <laughs> <laughs> not from him. <laughs> was it Bruno? It was Bruno. No, it wasn't Bruno. <laughs> was it Garrus? Do you have a scar? Oh God, I wish it was Garrus. <laughs> He looks like he's got like a scaly. No, thing you don't going get to on. mushroom slap me. Yeah, it wouldn't even be like a mushroom imprint. It would no, be like, guys, with, we're with not. Garris. Continue. If it was Garrus, it'd be like six. <laughs> Wait, does Garrus have multiple multiple wieners? Is this canon? I kind of hope that he has like five. That's like I'm kind of hoping Garrus has like. What are you gonna do with the other three? What isn't she going to do with the other three? I'm not looking up duck penis. You shush. Duck penises have barbs. Isn't it? No, sorry. Pig, pig, pig penis is the one that's coiled, right? Uh, oh, no. Maybe there's duck penis that's coiled. Duck, duck penises are made for the, the wrapping. Yeah. But anyway, we don't need to talk anymore about mushroom slaps or gears. <laughs> Because people at my work have started hearing about me podcasting, and if they start listening, I'm not going to get my job. Wait. Tangent, you need to tell us how they found out about Alf. Oh, my God. Wait, let's let's finish the rest of this. Let's go. No, let's go back. Let's go back to this at the end of the episode. This should be okay. the end of the episode. I need to know about this, too, but I want to. Oh let's, let's do the topic. All right. Worse. Tangent. Let's be better podcasters, guys. All right. Um... Okay, in that case, it's Mark's turn. Um, the only two I really have left, I have a couple like goofy ones that I would be honorable mentions, but like the one is, and they don't do it as much anymore, but like the superhero movie Villains Die um, was super prevalent in the early days of like the superhero movie stuff happening a lot of the time. I think it was super egregious in the Batman movies, like pre-Nolan, um, where they killed the Joker for yeah. some reason, which is like the most baffling move you can make. Like, I like that they did that in the video games, though. Yeah, but they earned that one. Yeah. Like, it was two games in by the time, spoilers, sorry, Tim, uh, that they killed that Joker. And then. Wasn't, wasn't Joker already dying at the start of the Arkham yeah, game? Yeah, he was sick. No, yeah. he was sick at the beginning of Arkham City because of okay. what happened to him at the end of Arkham Asylum. I, I've, I, I've read the comic, so I have some idea of the backstory of the uh, games. And then he uh, comes kind of back in Arkham Knight, but he's still awesome. Yeah. So, but yeah, that one, that was one that used to bug me all the time was that they would have these villains that like, if they were going to do a sequel, you could bring it back. And then like, they killed them. It like, even in the dark Knight, they killed Two-Face, which I thought was like, why aren't you using him as your central villain for the third movie? Mm-hmm. I never understood the logic behind that. He would have been 
much better if they, again, if you're going to do like the long arc setup, not have Rachel Dawes, have Harvey Dent in Batman Begins, have him lose it in The Dark Knight, and then have him come back in the third movie and be the central villain. I think that would have been the best way to do it. Yeah. I am able to rewrite the movie in hindsight, though. So, I mean, I think, what do I know? Yeah. I think it's pretty telling that even though that is pretty widely regarded as the best uh, comic book movie series ever, that there are still some glaring errors, or maybe not errors, but, uh, for, well, let's say forced errors, things that they could have done differently that still would have made it probably better. Well, that's the thing. Like, if you take away all that stuff, though, the central story of, like, Batman versus Joker, like, that's still... Like, I can't think of anything wrong. I'm sure I, I if I sat and thought about it, yeah, I could, but it doesn't glare at me like the, the Harvey Dent, like the... The, the unforced error that was the Harvey Dent character throughout that trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas they could have used him much more effectively, I thought. And, like, makes me so angry that I never got to break into comics because eventually I would have loved to be able to relaunch Batman and do it that way. And, like, that would have been the way I would have done it. And just, like, long, like, just long, slow burn Harvey Dent into Two-Face over a hundred yeah. issues. Years, yeah. Yeah. That and then, like, cool. finally turn him and then all hell breaks loose. But... What are you going to do? So. <laughs> it's okay. I feel that way about How I Met Your Mother. Looking back at it, I could rewrite that whole final season and make it a million times better. I could have re- rewritten that whole show to make it a whole bunch better. and That probably would have canceled it after the first half of the first season. But <laughs> Talking about tropes, but anyway. Yeah. It's another one I've not watched yet, but that one I haven't... Yeah don't have as it, much of an interest it's in it's a fun sit like it's, it's a fun. good it's a fun show to watch it's just like when if you if you're invested to the point where like you want to know what happens with the mother when you get to that it's like it's oh that fucking blows yeah. it's because they had their they had the finale planned since season two because they yeah. had to film the kids all at once so they wouldn't grow up Do you know yeah. how hot that the daughter is now Stupid. so Stupid. hot okay, let's, let's focus on podcasts because sorry <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the superhero movie villains dying, like, they don't do it as much anymore, but they still do it enough that it's like, yeah, you're wasting villains, guys, like, especially in a shared universe scenario, like, this is probably the best idea to kill everybody that shows up, so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like, killing Zod, who's one of Batman, or Superman's, Superman's yeah. you know, uh, large, you know, most, uh, well-known villains, especially in movies. Yeah, that was, that one stood out to me, definitely, um. Although that one wasn't as much, like, that one was in service of story. That wasn't just like, you know, hey, let's kill this guy off because that's what we do at the end of the movie. It was very much a character moment for Kal-El as well. Which is also something, like, that's how the comic books work, too. Like, he does have to kill Zod at the end of that arc, like, when Zod does show up. One of the Zods. Well, the Phantom Universe or the uh, alternate universe. The pre-crisis Zod, Zod, right? Or sorry, post-crisis Zod. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that one, that one, I'm trying to think of other ones where that, uh, they po- use no, that. it's the pocket universe Zod, I think. Is Anyways. Oh, man, I don't know. I can't remember. You it's got, an alternate you're... universe Zod. It's not the Zod. You would know that universe. one way better than me there, nerdlinger. <laughs> it's a great story. Nerd. If we ever do a Superman episode, that would be probably one of my recommended storylines. Um, but they, they even killed, like they killed, uh, Rachel Ghoul in Arrow, like, for some reason and just like it makes no sense to me that they would do that and like even jessica jones like they killed kilgrave and he would have made an awesome villain for the defenders at some point if he had kind of especially at that point being motivated to really take these fuckers down that would have been a really interesting story is having the four of them and maybe five six of them at that point deal with 
Kilgrave in the second Defenders season um, because he's so like, yeah, I don't know, but like, yeah, they kill like. Well, I mean, Rachel Ghoul's an unkillable character though at the Lazarus Pit, so they could still work out a way to bring him back. Yeah, true, but uh, I'm trying to remember how they did it. And I don't know. I mean, Kilgrave. I I could see them. I could see them bringing back Kilgrave in sort of a like. You know, he's got mental powers. He could sort of, you know, download his consciousness into somebody else. That's something that they've done plenty of other times before in comics in, in, in order to sort of, you know, extend the life of a character. True. That's true. But that's true. Which brings us back to, you know, Christie's trope of if they didn't die on camera, they're not dead. Or even if they did die on camera, they're maybe still not dead. Well, especially in a comic book movie, like, I guess you could kind of argue, like, some of them, like, there might be some, like, I know it's like in Spider-Man, they killed the Green Goblin, and there was, like, they could have brought him back, I guess, technically, if they wanted to play the long game and have six movies and have him come back eventually, because he does mm-hmm. come back in the comics after dying in the same way, yeah. but it's still, like, huh, interesting. All right. Uh, we're back to me now, I think, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, for me, this is kind of a vague one and not one that I like found on TV tropes or anything but so this is the sort of situation where you've got a character that ends up under the power of somebody else like magic or hypnosis or something and then they commit some act and then it causes problems in their relationship and I would say like the CW series going even back to like Smallville were really egregious in this um, with like their red kryptonite episodes and stuff like that, where like Clark would, you know, everything would be going really well with like Lana or Lois or Felicity or whoever. And then something happens that takes over that person and they do something bad. And even though it, they weren't under their own power, it still causes a lot of grief in all of their relationships because those shows are like driven by relationship. It was your face. It was yeah. your face doing it. I'm going to have, tr- you know, it's going to take me some time to come to terms with this. I think we need to take a break. I love how your your woman voice is, like, deeper than your real voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a throaty vixen voice, it's a, it's a, Mark. It's a throaty, throaty, it's a throaty vixen. gay vixen voice. <laughs> That's a throat that's seen a lot of cock, Hi. my friend. I'm Samantha. Yeah. I can't even look at you right now. <laughs> You're not the person I thought I knew. Cigarettes, whiskeys, and cock coming out of that mouth right now. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the sort of thing. That's one of those things that always just frustrates me. It's like, oh, fuck. Why can't you just leave this shit alone? Like, yeah, There's plenty of places where you could take this story without having to constantly fuck with these relationships, especially in really protracted ways like this. Yeah, that actually, like, it almost feeds into, like, my last, like, big one was uh, Superheroes Stay Single, and it's, like, that's one of those ways they always make Mm -hmm. that trope happen, where, like, no matter what, at the end of the movie, like, the relationship's probably not going to be working properly, so they have some continued drama to go into the sequel with. And Batman's the worst with that. Uh, Actually, no, he's not. Spider-Man's the fucking worst. Well, the movies, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, in the the comics, Spider-Man and MJ are a done deal for a really long time. Mm Mm-hmm. And Agreed. Superman and Lois end up being a done deal for a really long time. And there's plenty of other couples like that, but fucking Batman can't keep anybody for more than like three or four issues, it seems. Yeah, but you don't want him in a relationship. Plus, you, who's going to date that guy for very long? He's nuts. <laughs> I love I mean, that character more than anything in the world, but like, not somebody that I want to see like any of my friends or family dating, you know what I mean? <laughs> 
I, I think that he and Selena should have like a. <laughs> I think he and Selena should have like a long-standing relationship at some point. I agree. I have always thought that like that would be the character. Like he, that's who he should end up with. And I guess that would be like the one thing that I don't argue with at all in the Dark Knight Rises that he ends up with Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Um, Christy's <laughs> pantomiming to Mark right now. That's right. <laughs> He's drinking more wine. He's drinking more of her delicious rosé. <laughs> That voice is killing me a lot. <laughs> it's Tim. You should hear his throaty vixen. <laughs> it's uh, very, very much a what Kathleen Turner? Yeah, Kathleen Turner. Late, late era dad. Kathleen Turner. <laughs> late, Chandler's late. Dad. Yeah. Oh yeah, isn't it? Isn't that where she plays? Uh, Ch- yeah, Chandler's dad, who Chandler's used to dad. be male. Yeah. Oh. yeah, who used to be Chandler's dad and is no, Chandler's now Chandler's mom. female dad. <laughs> she was really have you ever watched uh, californication nope yes oh, she was awesome show. in that show oh that's one of my favorite shows ever i love that, that was show. a great show fucking um, and punching yeah fucking and punching Ooh. <laughs> um, okay should i give you my last one yeah last one for christy all right it's kind of actually perfect that you said fucking and punching you know? <laughs> Well, punch in the muff, but uh, call oh, back. Call muff slugs. Back. Slug muff muffins. Slugs, slug, slug muffins. <laughs> um, I hate it. And this is in every movie and it like drives me nuts. But when sex is a reward. Every time. There are so many better things to work towards. I think uh, even just like winning the girl is a problem in that's what i mean like it's the idea that like it's that encompassing idea of like you know you win the girl so you can have sex with her like you do all these things so you can have sex with somebody because really it's all about sex because let's be honest sex is awesome like yay sex but i mean like it's the cheapest like why don't you be like, I'm fighting to free the children so they can have education and not be charged in a, you know, Bulgaria. Like, that's a way better reason to be a superhero. <laughs> I'm glad because it means I'm doing something right. But, um, I mean, I, I, I'm okay with that in like, uh, like a comedy sort of thing. Maybe not like a rom-com, but like something like uh, Billy Madison or something like that. I'm okay with that because it's really not taking it seriously. But, uh, yeah, in yeah, like a, I agree, in like a, you know, a so-called serious movie, yes, that's kind of bullshit. It is! Because it's just like, I mean, seriously, there are so many, so many good reasons to fight for justice and like, you know, make the world a better place. But 75 to 85% of the time, it's because a guy's like, I want to get my rocks off with this pretty lady. Is it... <laughs> Did you just become like fucking Cosby for a minute there? Put the rocks in the socks. You take the sock rocks. And you knock her out and rape her? Is that what the. <laughs> no! Yeah. Then, yeah. That's what <laughs> yeah. then it's just like, fuck it, this is too much work. Who's got some quaaludes? <laughs> He's a convicted rapist, isn't he? Are you like convicted? Not convicted, accused. He's an accused, accused rapist. Many, many times. What are you doing? With the, with the quaaludes and the hot chocolate. <laughs> no. That's twice you've done black voice on this episode, Tim. Like, we're going to hell. No, no that's Cosby voice. That's that's now. different. Yay. 
Yay! We have forgotten you, motherfucker. <laughs> oh god. That's but a yeah, that's a that's not... a nightly show callback. Mm-hmm. What? You haven't forgotten the motherfucker? Yeah. yeah. Nightly show. <laughs> but yeah. yeah that so... was like I think that's half the reason why he got cancelled, because he just wouldn't let the fucking Cosby thing go. <laughs> Christ. No, but it's because yeah. black people don't watch the fucking Comedy Central. No, it's that too. <laughs> also that show was not super great, so it had its moments and it had its voice, but yeah, it was not it wasn't anywhere near a replacement for Colbert. I was going to say, it was also tried to replace one of the greatest shows of all time. Yeah. So I still miss Colbert so goddamn much. Yeah. Well, he started doing his, uh, I well, know, it was his so character. Good. Yeah. And then he got sued. Viacom sued him for it. And then he did his character's identical twin cousin. Yeah. <laughs> also named Stephen Colbert. Yeah. Uh, see? You can't fuck with John Stewart and Stephen Colbert. Those two guys are too smart. You cannot fuck with them. <laughs> so good. Um, but yeah, I I agree, Christy. I I I haven't. That's not something that I've seen a lot in movies. But maybe it's just the movies that I'm watching. I don't know. It's pretty much like it's not just sex. It's that romance is the reason that they're fighting. Well, it's not even that romance is the reason that they're fighting so much. It's like at the end of the day, they always get the girl. Like that's, and that's like the thing. Like it's part of the reward for being the hero, I guess in like, in that the story structure is that like you get the girl on top of it. Yeah. You get the girl or the girl's dead. (laughs) Which, which is the, which is the premise for the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. When you're just looking for another girl. And then you end up with another girl. Who's probably dead. Yeah, you end oh, up in the arms that? of another girl. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Now we're on? doing four non-blondes. Probably four non-dead blondes, if it's a movie. <laughs> so one of them might be dead now. We don't know. We could look it up. Hey, yeah, four, yeah, four, four non-live yeah. blondes. Four non-live blondes? <laughs> that's a yeah, different that's kind of movie. that's my last one. Yeah, that's a zombie movie. <laughs> all right mark what's your last uh hated trope uh i i kind of gave you the last one it was yeah, the, uh, the superhero staying single was kind of the last big one that i had okay um if i'm gonna get into like honorable mentiony stuff um it's definitely like the walking away from an explosion yeah cool guys drives me because <laughs> like the heads and they walk away <laughs> I don't know what's happening right now. Chrissy's <laughs> had two glasses of wine. That's what's happening. The got cool guy errands to do. <laughs> keep walking. Keep shining. Mark Hubbard wearing a hat. Yeah. That one's, I just think that one's goofy. So I always, whenever I see it, I'm like, ugh, again? And it's in every fucking movie, so. Um, it's in the yeah. notebook. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you guys were just wandering, walking away from Rachel McAdams as she explodes. I would have made it better. I'd rather she walk away from him while he explodes, but like to each their own, I guess. So. <laughs> um. Yeah, that one is definitely. I think that's overdone. I think there. I think there's. That's another one that they've started sort of doing send-ups of now, like maybe yeah. in sort of those more like uh, comedy e action movies kind of thing, where it's you know they pretend to be all cool and they're like, "Holy fuck!" looking behind them in slow motion yeah. and shit. Yeah, they do a really good one. I think they do a send-up of it in either twenty-one or twenty-two Jump Street, where like it blows up and they both like fucking freak out and fall and stuff like that. Like, 
<laughs> that was probably the best one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, my honorable mention. I'm just gonna wait. It in. Let me let me do my last one first. Oh, right. I thought you already did it. No, Mark, Mark, Mark ran out because we kind of stole one of his because we yeah. merged one of his with mine. I think. Uh, <laughs> Are you drunk on two glasses of wine? No. Yeah, well, she's it's just like five foot nothing, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess. <laughs> um, my last one is also kind of a romancy trope. I, we've had a lot of those, a lot more than I was expecting, I think. Um, but it's like a situation where you've got like two people about to have like a serious talk. Like one of them's like, I have something I really need to tell you. And then something really just just absolutely perfect happens like something that never would have coincidentally actually happened at that time like you know the person's like long lost lover comes back in or something like that right as this other person's about to confess their love to them or something and then the other person's like um uh never mind (laughs) it's not important it's not important important conversation we're ever gonna have but it's not important now because samantha's here that that sort of like drawn out fucking romantic relationship bullshit is just one of my like biggest pet peeves in any type of show. So did you guys just like use the like did you guys just type over overuse tropes into Google and then go to the first one because it is the crack list and then just pick all of your stuff out of there? I did look through that, but it wasn't my only one. Oh, okay. I mean, I, some of the ones that I came up from came up with weren't from that list, but a few were. Okay, because that. That's right in here. Oh, sorry, shit. The explosion one is too, so I'm a dick. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it covers most uh, or a lot of the ones that we've talked about for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I mean, a lot of them are also on TV tropes and stuff like that too. Yeah. I think oh, they're probably sure. all of these are probably on TV tropes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's one that just frustrates the fuck. Yeah, that happens. Like, to- everything it's such like a and especially it's like a, a romantic comedy thing to happen to or yeah it's actually what is it buffy does it constantly i think i've like there's three or four really good instances of it happening in buffy yeah honestly i wish that happened more in real life <laughs> if you were just like listen i have something to tell you and then you just like waited three seconds to see if something like major would happen you're like oh no <laughs> oh darn i was hoping that the Ah, hoping I, I would have been saved by the bell on that one, but oh, I was hoping we could have this talk, but it looks but like this, this uh, you know, the world is on fire. But it's like it's so true. I just I, it would be a great thing to have in real life. I would love it if like I had to have hard conversations that were like awkwardly interrupted because then they would be interrupted by something that's obviously more important. So you would never really have to have a conversation. <laughs> it's true. This is true. I think we should record yeah. the podcast on the weekends so Christy can be drunk more often. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just really, it's all that like, will they, won't they back and forth bullshit that mm-hmm. just, it's really unnecessary, I think. Like, you, you can do a little bit of that, but then if you actually do get them together, fucking keep them together for a season or something like that. You know, yeah, like they get the couples together, and then they break up two like seasons later, and then they get back together, they break up, and they get back together, and they break up, and it's like, ah, it's not real life. That's better than the shows that do it like multiple times a season. Like Arrow was really bad for that. The Mindy Project's pretty bad for that. Yeah, I didn't watch the Mindy. Project. You guys don't watch the Mindy Project? Not yet. You guys don't watch the Mindy Project? I'm not a huge fan of Mindy Kaling. I find her a little. Oh, I like her. A little obnoxious. I 
enjoy the Mindy Project. I think it's sweet. It's like light. It's background TV. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what uh, 30 Rock has become for me. Yeah, it's so good. It's while I'm cooking, that kind of thing. 30 Rock. So, that was my last one. So, yes, now we can get into honorable mentions. So, Christy, do you want to do uh, honorable mentions now? My, I only have the one honorable mention, really, and it's like one of the first ones on the crack list because I saw it and I was like, yes! Um, it's sort of like the idea that anyone who's less good-looking is bad. Like, that if you're ugly, you're bad you're bad or your best friend. You mm. can never be the leading character unless you're Steve Buscemi. Or Or people with Steve or, Buscemi eyes. Or Banner Snatch Cummerbund. Oh, <laughs> or mm. Bender over coming or twat. I was gonna say I'd let him bend over and something in my snatch. <laughs> I don't want this to go I don't want my work people to know about this. <laughs> I work Too in a college. <laughs> I'm going to be fired. Well, at least you don't work at like a middle school or something. Higher education. <laughs> That's it. All right. It doesn't need to be delved into. It just sucks. My uh, chubby doesn't need to be the best friend. They can still run. <laughs> My uh, honorable mentions. Um, one is just heartstring pulling in general. I'm kind of over with right now. Like, like really overly emotionally manipulative like short films and stuff like that like there's a lot of there's a lot of commercials and shit like that that are doing that i think in recent years where it's just like you know 30 seconds or a minute or something like that and it's just you know about a dog dying and it's just designed to break your fucking heart oh it's so true it all happened because of up up was I, yeah, I think up really started that trend like the first 10 minutes of that are just heartbreaking but at, that at least is not the whole thing right it's in service of the rest of the story yeah uh, i have never seen up i should watch that That's oh something. don't watch it by yourself though <laughs> sad also don't watch it with anybody that you ever want to have a relationship with sad well that's pretty much a given right now so that's <laughs> doomsday um, yeah, so that was one of mine. Uh, Anti-Heroes is another one that I'm getting kind of sick of and I feel like has been pretty overdone in recent years. Um, like I'm talking characters like the Punisher where it's just, you know, like a vigilant, vigilante justice kind of thing. Like Arrow basically fucking shoehorn that character into a vigilante role where traditionally it's not really that extreme of a vigilante mm-hmm. character. Um, he's a little yeah, bit no, he's more, usually a little bit more swashbuckly, but yeah, exactly. He's not he's not as much in terms of like you know I'm gonna take the law into my own hands kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and the other one is uh, this is one that was on the crack list, but I had it even before it was on the crack list. Is fucking like running against a clock, like a fucking bomb that's gonna explode it's or just this just a fucking conflated. Uh, you know, bullshit sense of urgency. And there's so many better ways that you could do that in a story than just having a clock that's running down. Especially when you've got like that clock, like taking five minutes to run down about 10 seconds. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Yep. MacGruber. Whenever I see a clock like ticking down, I immediately start to count it. Yeah. And I will, like, when it gets to the next one, I'm like, yeah, they're already like, off. Oh, they're gone. Yep, <laughs> yeah, they're already off. You should be dead by now. This is horseshit. <laughs> I don't know why. I just automatically do it. Yeah. It's the only time I'll ever automatically do anything with numbers is that. Like, I'll see the clock ticking down and be like, 
Nope. And then when you see it again, the the numbers change like three digits, but it's been fifteen minutes. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> uh, horseshit. I'll be dead. <laughs> at least uh, at least twenty four stuck to that real, uh, yeah, <laughs> real time kind of thing. I miss Jack Bauer torturing people. I never Have you been watching it. what is it? Uh, uh, designated Survivor, his new show. No. His new I, show. It looks vaguely yeah. So the idea is like basically, he's like. 20th in command in the u.s government or something like that and the white house gets bombed or something during a state of the union and so he ends up the president like he's you know like the junior senator from fucking wyoming or some shit and he ends up being the president Hmm. uh in basically a national crisis kind of thing so it definitely has a lot of the same tones as uh 24 as 24 but i'm not watching it yet i've just seen does he get to run around and torture people (laughs) hopefully because that's when he's best. God damn right. <laughs> that's like the most right-wing thing I ever think. It's like, I want to be Jack Bauer. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, no. It's fine that he tortures terrorists because he's Jack Bauer. It's okay. For him, it's fine because I want to watch it on TV. <laughs> yeah. Makes me a horrible person. <laughs> uh, so that was it. So I think before we uh, finished off, though, unless anybody had any more honorable mentions. I only had like two really quick things. And it's just All like, right. I'm... Everything, all the fantasy stuff being just like slightly derivative of Tolkien is a little annoying to me. I do like whenever it's sword and sorcery kind of stuff, it all just feels like Lord of the Rings or slightly just like cast off of Lord of the Rings. And then uh, dystopian futures, I'm done. Don't do it anymore. I don't want to see it anymore. Yeah, there have been a lot of those, like in especially like young adulty ones. Yeah, and and I'll preface or like whatever say something after that and i am very excited for wolverine so yes yeah logan (laughs) which looks yeah i mean if it's a unique take on it kind of thing then i'm okay with it but there are a lot like that have been really hunger gamesy and not Mm -hmm. particularly and yeah yeah those 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 two are kind of it um yeah that's it for me so christy we need need to hear your story right yeah um so okay So, um, I was at work and, um, two of the girls that were in, I have a shared office right now cause they're doing, um, they're building a new building. So, um, I, I share it with three people, but it was just two of the girls and I in there and, um, they started talking about Alf and I was like, oh guys, can we just not talk about him? And they were like, well, you don't like Alf? And I was like, no, I really don't. He's quite scary, and I just I would prefer not to talk about. It. They're like, but he has like he's like got the best Christmas movie, and I was like, what? What? And they were talking about Elf. <laughs> so <laughs> I revealed my weakness by accident, and they were like, you don't like Alf, and they're like, you know, like Alf, like the puppet, and I was like, oh. Let's not talk about this anymore. This is fine. We got just some. <laughs> Let's just, just leave us alone. Just a mistake. <laughs> and then a couple days ago, because this just happened like early last week uh, or late last week, and then on Monday, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, um, Alicia, who works like just across from me, was like, "Oh, Christy, Christy, come here. I want to show you the picture that." Um, Someone sent me for our staff meeting today because they included a picture on the thing. And I was like, oh, okay. She's like, you're going to love it. So I stand up 
and I walk around the desk, and there's fucking Alf in a Santa suit. And I just, I almost puked right there. I was just like, oh, because I wasn't prepared. I wasn't ready. I wasn't like, you know, when we talk about it now, when I come to the podcast, I have like, you know, mental prep. And I've been like saying things like Totoro and um, Falcor. Ugh. Like, you know, just <laughs> trying to move. You're getting past better. It. I am, well, but I wasn't surely. prepared for the ALF thing, and the door to our office was open, and, like, four people walked by that are my, like, superiors, and I'm just curled up, standing, like, by the wall, just, like, repeating, why would you show me that? Why? Why would you do that? And I'm, like, petting the wall. And so one of my superiors, Steven, comes in, and he just goes, what's wrong with you? And I was like, I don't want to talk about it, and Alicia's dying. She's like, I showed her ALF. Ah! And then they, <laughs> they started. Steve was just like, "What? <laughs> That's insane!" And I was like, "I don't want to talk about it." And now he's following me around, being like, "Christy, what is Alf? What is it about Alf?" And I was like, "I don't want to talk about it." And so yesterday, he comes into my office, like, "Christy, I have an invitation that I think you'd really like." And I was like, "Oh, great!" And so he pulls his invitation out. And I thought it was Elf on the front cover, and I went, oh, God. It just, like, started to, like, get pukey. I was, like, gagged. And he was like, Chrissy, what's wrong with you? I was like, why'd you show me that? He's like, what? And I look back, and it's literally a snowman. Just a regular snowman on the front of the card. It has nothing to do with Elf whatsoever. And I just, like... You just like projected Alf onto it mentally? Yeah, because I thought he was doing it on purpose. And he was like, I just really thought you'd like the design. Well, I think, I'm we, I think there, we've like, broken Christy forever. <laughs> He's like, what is wrong with you? Now, my question is um, Does where you work provide you with some kind of healthcare coverage so that you can see a fucking psychiatrist? Counseling, yeah. Not for another three months if I get hired, but now I'm questioning whether I will <laughs> because they've seen me freak out. Yeah, but now they have your weakness, which means they can use it against you. Why wouldn't they keep you around? Oh, yeah, as, as entertainment. Yeah, as so entertainment. Awful. Like, now it's like spreading throughout the office, like. Uh, because of the invitation thing yesterday, this other guy who was not around for any of this came up. He's like, so you hate Alf, eh? And I was just like, why? Why are you all like this? Just let me keep my aversions to myself. And like, I'll be walking down the hall and then someone will just yell out of their office. Why do you hate Alf? And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> like this is amazing. <laughs> And I can't do anything about it because I don't want to tell them the real reason. Do we even know? Do we even know the real reason? Well, I don't want to talk about it. But we like found <laughs> like somebody found the podcast, and now she's like, "I'm going to listen to it." I'm like, "Oh, please don't." <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to show her just the one where I'm like, "Oh God, Alf just shot a cop." Uh-huh. <laughs> There's so much blood. There's so much blood. <laughs> But that was really random that you asked me that, that or asked us that today. I was like, yeah. what is, what's she talking about? Uh, the toilet. <laughs> what times? Uh. But, oh, God. So now, like, they're just following me around the office. I wish I was exaggerating. And now you know at some point somebody's coming in in an elf costume to give you a hug. You know that, right? 
Like it's gonna happen. Don't even say that. You're at a university. Like that's what these people do. No one's gonna know. I worked at a university for like six, five years, six years. No, no one would do that. We did horrible things to each other. How would you? Why would you? Is that why you left? Uh no, that's a longer story. <laughs> Maybe a story for another day, since we're already two, two hours, 15 hours. minutes. It's also yeah. not a story that I will tell in public. So, <laughs> so I'm going to take my pukiness and try to eat my dinner that Mark 1 brought me a couple, like an hour ago. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, that is it. Now you've heard all of our most hated uh, story tropes, including how Elf. Christie's, yeah, including how Christie's coworkers are now Bingo! torturing her with Alf. Yeah. Sad Christie story, puke take, and a mention of something she hates. <laughs> and community references. We, I think we nailed it all. So Mark being sad about something to do with his job or life. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So thank you, everybody, for joining us this week. Uh, if you liked the podcast, you can uh, talk to us on Twitter at drd underscore podcast you can shoot us an email at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com uh you can find us on facebook at uh facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast no spaces no underscores no nothing and you can subscribe to us on stitcher and the google play music and the itunes and the shout engine shout engine and and itunes (laughs) podcast addict oh boy and with that this is mark hi bye (laughs) and christy see ya and tim signing off so sexy we'll we'll see y'all next time boys (laughs) jesus christ